I'm driving down the highway on the way to DJ Minnie's front porch to podcast, and I see a man in a tweed coat and paperboy hat with carrying a briefcase, prototype bitnik individual coming down the highway, and I've been looking for him. I wasn't sure if he was dead, not dead as in a person you thought died, but that the one time that I met him, he was already dead. He has this kind of otherworldly soul vibe. And I've seen him once or twice on the highway and thought I should just pull over next time, be dashed to whatever plan I thought was unfolding. Only now the plan was unfolding just perfectly because I had been looking for this gentleman in his tweed jacket prototype beatnik because I wanted to podcast with him again. He's one of the original podcast guests. I was behind the library desk playing Rachmaninoff on the hi-fi. I've got a collection of the world treasury of classical music and I played on the library hi-fi and have gone around the world in the ages trying to understand classical music, what it means, how to listen to it, how to be moved. And he came in and said, is this Rachmaninoff? He's the Russian Elvis. Listen to this. There's no bombast. And from there, we talked for four hours, just straight railing conversations with me referring to him as dude every once in a while and him telling me very sternly, up most sternly to the point that I was slightly afraid. He's saying, don't call me dude. So I never got his name. I called him dude once and he went out the back and came back later as if something hadn't happened. So I was a little bit with trepidation when I pulled over on the highway because I wasn't sure how he was going to act. It didn't go so well another time I had pulled over to try to talk to him. But now, across the highway, he fingered me over. I got close and I said, very clearly, I had learned recently, this is kind of dumb, but yeah, I've learned recently, you really have to speak from your heart, especially when you're requesting odd things from people. And sometimes I request odd things from people. So I said, I would like to podcast with you. Would you be my podcast co-host? And he said, well, well, sure. And he said, when? I said, well, I'm going there now. And he said, okay. And he said, do you know my name? I don't know how we got to introducing each other. It was something, oh, I had to call Sean to be like, hey, can I bring over a guest? And Sean was like, well, is he reputable? He's <laughs> like, dude, yeah, I think so. I mean, I do think so. Anyway, his name is Dr. Professor. Recently, did one of these where I had smoked before, and it wasn't as good. I don't think. I thought it was better. 
You did a show, but you do drink brewskis all through the show. I'm gonna have one tall Just Guinness. One. I'm high right now on a bee pollen. Bee pollen and two things of lion's mane mushrooms. Well, I don't hardly drink at all. Don't worry about me. <laughs> Just three days out of the month. Yeah, that's right. We're driving up. He goes on this three-day vision quest a month. Drunken vision quest. Drunken vision 72 quest. 72-hour drunken vision quest. Yo, once a month. Do you time it with the moon, or is it just... Not every month, even. I'll just say one. No, I don't time it with anything like that. Once in a while. It's your inner cycle that starts telling yeah. you when it's time to kick Roughly. it. But no more than once a month. Right, yeah, hopefully. Right. Okay. <laughs> Does that mean you, like, stay up for 72 hours? Man, that means, like... Like I'm free mm. for 72 hours. It's a freedom. I have not quest. heard yeah. many people with this quality. This what do you mean? Rhythm to their alcohol drinking. This isn't. It's like the bun, the bender, the not too often bender. And Without no rhythm in your heart, you've got nothing. Really. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I'm just gonna have to hold these mallets <laughs> in my with, hand. Keep them like- <laughs> We're here with Dr. Professor. Yeah, but kind be, nice, of the reason, be nice to me. I will, but... Bend some rules for me. You're part of the reasons why I started this podcast. You can't be I'm too I'm sitting square. here with the two people that made me want to do this. You've got to be groovy. We've got to be willing to make a sacrifice. All of us. I like you already, Dr. Professor. There's a thing. If, if, if I'm saying your name right. Smell some of that. That's get tobacco. That. Take a sniff of that. I know what tobacco That's my finest so personal well organized. Plant. It's not ordinary. Cigarette smoke. Whoa. It just smells nuts. It smells robust. Plus, I heard like that a recent... Roots. What's that? It smells robust like roots. Yeah, I've gone and spoiled myself. I can't smoke ordinary cigarettes anymore. You it's my own personal stuff. blend. Ah. Blend it by hand. Yeah. Pretty high class, right? <laughs> Coming out of Look, the All I'm looking for is a good, solid nicotine lockup. Is that too much to ask? Good, no, solid so. nicotine lockup? Yeah, that's all I'm looking for. Have you tried the modern-day vapes? Have you tried vaporizing your nicotine? Hey, tricks are for kids. <laughs> teenagers, man. That stuff sits for teenagers. Don't get me wrong. I love the teenage army. The tricks are for kids. I love how our plans tonight have been thoroughly modified. Totally transfigured Again and again and again. And again and again. We went with one swing and came out the other. The wind has shifted just since we hit the record button. Oh, it's going to go right in your face. That's what you already told me. It always does. <laughs> it's going to want to go there. Somehow it does. I don't know why. I'm going to try to blow it over rapidly here. Rapidly go through a cross-dimensionality well, of what we going were that, possibly going to be talking about tonight with the astrologer. You're going to mix Australian the, astrologer. the fallen plan with the present plan? <laughs> got an Australian astrologer? We're making it like a sandwich. Energy tides. <laughs> Tune into aura states. I Keep gotta, it all coming. i got to know, Doctor, do you follow astrology at all? Are you an astrologer of any kind? Are you open to the pulse? Only in a showbiz sense. I know that Rob Bresney's a consummate showman. Multifaceted talent. I really dig his act a lot. You dig on the Rob? Yeah, I think yeah. he's one of the most important local artists for sure. Rob Bresney's a local artist? I don't know who Or just, is. he's the local astrologer that, but he's nationwide. He comes out in all the papers. He must have made the big time since I met him. Oh, yeah. Because I first met him like 30 years ago. He had his own band. He was doing really good, right, and composing music. He had a band called, uh, what's the name of that? This is back in the early 80s. Dow Chemical. 
Yeah. Rob Resney is the, the astrologer right? that'll come out in every paper across the country. Really? Yeah, like, well, there's going to be one astrologer. It's going to be him. Game. I didn't know he was that big of a big shot yet. What was his he name? He must have turned into a real... Must be getting famous. What was his band called? The Submariners? One of his first ones was called Dow Chemical. <laughs> then he had another... Dow Chemical. Dow Chemical. Yeah. And guess what the spelling was. And his next band was called World Entertainment War. But he was friends with this really nutty, all-girl, nouveau punk rock band called the Holy Sisters of the Gaga Dada. Gagadada, the holy sisters. Those chicks are by far the most important thing that happened musically in this town in the 80s. Never, probably never heard of them. They just, they didn't quite make it. They just, but their music was real good. Did you ever get to a concert? Yeah, I sure did. They were playing back to back with World Entertainment War. It was Bresby and the holy sisters, the, the Gagadada, back to back at the Catalyst. Yeah. I went there alone. By this time, I was a Holy Sisters of the Gaga Dada fiend. <laughs> Did you see him sweat? If you saw him backstage and that, had taken off their shirt, that was it a was different time when I stuck backstage. Sweat. Would you take the shirt and wring it out and drink their sweat? Of course not. I wouldn't have been able to <laughs> done something like that, especially not back then. No, I was just. A, I mean, if the opportunity arose, this is a hypothetical situation. How much of that woman pheromone do you want? How much of that? Well, rock? you mean in my mind? I wanted it all. Mm. But not actually in your heart. No, I'm sure in my heart. The passion was there. The testosterone was raging. Yeah, we had just learned yesterday that the heart is the same muscle as the tongue. They grow together. Like when the fetus is developing, there's a single muscle that then bifurcates and becomes two things, and the bottom part of it is the heart, and the top part of it is the tongue. Is that medical textbook information? That's or? the real deal. I mean, is that like, yeah, is that like biology? Yeah, it's like you watch the fetus develop under a microscope. This is what happens. Think about speaking your heart. Yeah. Think about following your heart with your tongue. Both of the most powerful muscles in the body, heart and tongue. Think about those Gaga sisters singing. They're singing with their throats, but they're shaping it with their tongue. And that shape's coming from their heartbeat. And it's affecting your heartbeat. You were a fiend. Yeah, sure was. I was like some groupie. I was like some silly girl screaming over a Beatles concert or something. <laughs> Except it was reversed. The sexes were reversed. I was the groupie and they were the Beatles. That magnetism. You were absorbing their power. That was something I wanted to talk to about tonight with the Australian. Well, you'd have to hear their music to understand what I'm talking about. Well, I'm talking about transmission of consciousness. I'm talking about the grace of the grace of the guru. Also about the pulse. What did you say about the pulse? Some kind of layers polymorphic, polyrhythmic resonance through space and time open to the pulse. Who talks like that? What kind of language is that? Phoenix, plum trips, and bullshit. This is the itinerary for the podcast we were going to have with the astrologer, and now we're having with you, Dr. Professor. Grace of the... What did you say? Grace of the guru? Don't tell Grace me Grace of the guru. But don't tell me that machine's turned on already. We're in. We're in. What I want to tell you is that I know everything. I am in each of you and everywhere. As conscious real I in the false eye of yours, I know everything. 
You exist as you were existing because you were there. You are there and you will continue to be there. You have been caught here in the snares of Maya and the accumulation of sanskaras. Okay, stop. Hold the phone right there. Maya is a chick, right? Maya and is... we're all dudes and she's a chick. Have yeah. I got that right so far? And she's creation. And we like her a lot. Right. Mm. And we want her. Yes. We get totally wrapped up in her, like... Okay, now he's telling me we got caught in her, in her spider web, right? It's like the... Something like that, right? Yeah. And the accumulation of sanskaras, impressions, makes you get more and more involved in Maya. All what? this life Sanskara? is... Sanskaras. Related to a scar? A scar made by the sun. These are the strings of string theory. Sanskaras are the strings of three string theory. That's Shawnian, but yeah. <laughs> Do you dig on string theory? The ultimate up and down wave happening? The ultimate zoom in to the holographic well, existence that we're in. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Like, Maybe I don't need this. <laughs> No, he digs on it. That's totally the dig. That's the answer because it's the undecided point. All right, I'm lost in bias and scar. All this life is a dream. Mm. The past and future are not there. This is only the eternal now and the everlasting present. If you take me to be God, God is all-knowing. Sounds good on paper. What is it then? What about the time-space continuum? It would sound way better if it wasn't on paper and I wasn't the one reading looks it. Good on, it looks good on paper. What, what about the time-space continuum? Problem? I mean, it's describing us. It's must be a linear experience, right? Now. It's linear. As we experience it. What does that mean? It. Yeah. Does anybody know what that word means, linear? It's I keep straight, hearing that word. I kind of get a sense like for a line. it. From here to there. In time and space? You know the quickest way from here to there is not a straight line, it might be a diagonal line, because you cut past the time and space. As it is, it seems to you that I do not know everything. I know that I am knowledge itself. Mm. That's from... This is Meher Baba calling. And that guy sounds like he had an ego about this big. <laughs> he had an ego of the infinite size. He, he was Plus in... he was a pretty boy. <laughs> He's looking at Bobber calling Elvis him of his day, man. Rips over the book to see the picture on the cover. He was the Elvis of his Baba. day. Baba? The ladies mm -hmm. loved him, and he loved the ladies. Mayor Baba? He was caught up in the same... <laughs> Dropped old, it on the recording device. Right he was caught up on the same damn thing. He liked chicks. A lot. He liked young boys, too. <sighs> you know what I call... <laughs> I call that sick. Right, right? I mean, maybe I'm a little square. I mean, you can call me a square if you want. I don't need to get into the defending of Meher Baba and his sexuality or lack thereof. Well, now I know he was sick. Yeah. How do you like that? What's wrong now with... Now we know he was sick. Are not children some of the most beautiful and amazing people who are... If I had to explain this to move on to another stand. Best, better move on to another topic of conversation. Better move on. Best we move Change on. Change the topic sick. of conversation. Now we know he was sick. Sick. Now we know he was sick. Sick. Now we know he was sick. Open to the Now we know he was sick. The grace of the guru. Sick. Now we know he was sick. Now we know he was sick. If I had to explain this to you, you wouldn't understand. Bodacious. Sick. You can edit my politically incorrect remarks. That's okay. You're pre-recording. You wouldn't you be can... the first one. <laughs> no, it was all beautiful. the great works of art have, are all edited down into their pristine brilliance. Like he does edit it, but he doesn't edit it much. 
the, the but strength. You can. Sometimes you need to to turn it into that perfect work of art. Unless you're going to add a music soundtrack. The sure. strength of the podcast, though, is in it being unedited. Because if we make it there, we will create a continuum. We will have a flow within the conversation that then will take the listener with them. And yeah. as crazy and as non sequitur as we sound, it will be relaxing because it will be this collective A to B that we're doing. The rhythm of life gets that's the, the magic music sound. of life. You like those? Yeah, it becomes part of our conversation, and then you can't just cut part of it out because it makes the the whole music kind of glitchy and jittery. It might you might lose the intellect of the stream for a moment, but if we stay with the beat of our hearts and yeah. the rhythm as it connects to our tongues, we'll get to the point that we're trying to drive at, which is where we all grow a little bit, baby, uh, and we connect to each other through that growth, or the other way around. <sighs> That's it right there. Yeah, it is it. It is it. It's the center of all creation. It's the chewy nougat center of all creation. That sound is substance. Yeah. Sound waves are literal particles. Something. It's a literal substance, isn't it? A sound wave is a substance. It's moving something. It is a substance. It's got to be. It's composed of energy or something. It's substances that are moving against each other to create a wave that has information encoded on it. But it itself doesn't really exist. You mean like the tree tree falls in the forest type of... It exists in the same sense that like a thought exists. I mean, is that what he's... But it doesn't... Sound doesn't have a substance by itself. It requires a medium of substance to travel. What about the thing that's hitting your eardrums? If it's too loud, it hurts. That seems very physical to me. It's a power. It to me, that implies power. it's an actual substance of some kind. It has real power. If it, it can, can cause you. pain by coming into contact with your senses. If something explodes, <clears throat> it's pushing airwaves hard enough that it could knock you back off your feet. Yeah, but if, it's, if airwaves are getting pushed, that means the thing itself has got to have some kind of... It lives on the air. It's one with the air. But you're you're not willing to to presume that these sound waves have an actual substance of their own. You, I don't know. It seems like you're. I don't. I'm, I'm not, not sure, going all the way with it. I'm stuck on one little micro slice of physics. Maybe if we bring it down to the string level, then I would say it has a substance. But something's hanging you up about it. In the ocean, the swells. Don't What's hanging you up with the water? I like this like cross examination. You, know, oh, <laughs> you don't think like sound? Is, you don't interview. think sound is real? Can you don't I, think you can be hit with a beautiful song? I got this little jaw harp in Nepal, and oh, that's I would a say classy one. One of the heights of my musical career was when I was playing that on the streets, and this like these two or three older. Nepalese women were sitting next to me and listening and I could see the glow and gleam of approval in their eyes as they were listening and getting a bit entranced. They were like, oh, this kid's got the sound. Go ahead, take it. (laughs) (laughs) It was their nods of... Not affection, but of focus of them just it was being like, in there and hearing it was you like, wait, play it. Who's this young white boy that's about to try to bust out on the jaw harp? 
but then they hear me play and they're like, oh, okay, you've got a green light. You were green lit in Nepal mm-hmm. with your fresh mouth harp? <laughs> yeah, I was new to it. Mm-hmm. Though I had played them before. These sound waves, I, I don't know if it's a substance or if it's just a something moving the substance. But you and said the wave is you said something existent. Wait a minute, no, you said something. It is something, and I've been trying to seek out a way to go to other dimensions so that I could hear the music there, attune to the melodies, learn the rhythms, and bring those back to our tra- to our territory. I've been thinking about this and pondering it, and then I woke up from a dream, and in the twilight after the dream, my thoughts were so clear. They said, music is already coming from these other dimensions. It's already doing that. It is the other dimensions coming into ours and emerging. So it is a wave of something, but we don't have a grasp of what that something is. We just call it a wave, and we think it's bumping and grooving whatever it's flowing through. Look, man, we don't know what it is any more than we know what anything else is. But it's got to have some kind of a substance to it. Or, I mean, if the sound gets loud enough, it could blow your head clean off. You know that. It could bust your eardrums out. Yeah. So it's got to have some kind of force to it. What it's do you think the substance would be? It's, it's, got has en- to, well, it's got enough power that it can move substances around. Ooh. You're saying it can move substances around without having any substance in and of itself? Is what that what is you're thinking? What is the origin of the sound? It is a vibration, but it's two substances that are banging against each other. All I'm saying is if it can do that kind of damage, if, some, if you can get your eardrums blasted out at a Led Zeppelin concert or an ACDC concert, then it's got to have some kind of physical force. You think you live in just a physical world? If it can make you deaf, sound waves we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. If it can Those make are you waves, deaf, right? then it does. It what has they call the wave. force of what it's moving yeah, through. The undercurrent of this discussion is how powerful thoughts are. Do you think that thoughts are substance? They've got to be. Yeah. It's all very certainty. physical. It's very the material. The professor. <laughs> yes. It's all very material, all of it. Look, what we're calling the mystical world, the spirit world, yeah. it's just little particles vibrating on different levels, on different dimensions, right? The deep Different pulse. wavelengths. But it's still stuff. It's stuff. Yeah. Is yes. it not? It is. It, it depends is. depends on how we want to box and define things. How about stuff? These stuff. dimensions are universe? not somewhere else. Is They're it? right here with us. I'm with you then. We are the stuff. All the layer, layer cakes, cakes of everything happening is within this. Something's hanging this guy up. Itself. It's turning him into a square. He's not willing to admit that sound waves have substance. <laughs> Man, you had it back in Nepal. In Nepal, you were free. You were green lit by those <laughs> ladies. Big yellow light. <laughs> they could see you. I got sure, the big you, yellow light shining on you now. <laughs> they could see you being moved by you that sound. Good. What you, I, all right, go ahead. Well, what I love about this is that you're talking to a person who believes the fundamental component of all existence. Every dimension of spirit and mind and matter is all emanating from music. And it's all stuff, right? Stuff. I'll go with you. I'm going to say yes. And I hate to have the sound of skepticism in my voice as I say it, but it's because it's like at a different dimension than what I deem as the physical. I think the physical yeah, manifests... But it's all stuff... Yeah. Then it's all. 
Very it's all stuffed with the stuffing. Like yeah, chick. I feel that because the people <laughs> like who are trying to like very physical like poetry in motion. It affects all the, you know, it's spiritual, it's physical. It's like a yeah. I yeah. guess it's kind of a yin yang kind of a thing. You know, it's like yeah. eternal. The science, it's the movement, you know, whatever it's the it clock is, gears, man. the science cats. It's the give and take. Mm-hmm. The science cats that are trying to study it at that quantum level. And they can't decide whether it's stuff or it's waves. They can't decide if it's a particle or if it's a wave. Why is why is wave? But the nice thing, why can't a wave be a stuff? The people who have gone. Right. Why don't waves qualify in stuff? I think stuff? this will be your precipice. Is the understanding of the wave? What do you mean? <laughs> Because that is the difference. That's the hang-up, is there's the particle, and then there's the wave. Just to further clarify, yeah, like a wave in the ocean is the movement, the motion that the water is making. You're calling that a thing. It's a wave. It's a thing that a surfer can ride. But also, is it a, is it a different thing than the water? Oh, sure it is. But it's still a thing. It's still a thing. We can't see it. We don't have scientific instruments advanced enough to detect it that's all but it is still a thing it's gotta be if you unclassify your classifying sense then it's all within i like that it's all the stuff you're simplifying the playing field. i wouldn't even say a thing i'd say thing it is thing mm. it is stuff it is thing can you dig <laughs> I think we start, I think we've started doing that too much on this podcast. Sound waves, come on. <laughs> what the snapping? The snap revival. Yeah, <laughs> it's because it's, it's real. Anytime we it's like real. it. It's real. That's just <laughs> that's why they started doing it. It is. Have you ever been around a place where people were authentically snapping? Sound is popping off. Right, man? Like the, it's, most, it's, the most influential snap sequence that I've ever experienced. Yes. It's the Adams family. <laughs> Oh, the Adams Family theme. <laughs> go round. Here, here. Go. It's not really a joke either. Go ahead. Go round his circle and devise a coupling here and there. Disguise your need for love and let the bracelet fall. Quick links, all musical, but joined and full. Be wise. Let end on love. Revise all singleness to curve and bend. All joinings to one end. Who wrote that? Phyllis Frederick. <laughs> one of the female lovers of this guy. When was it written? When was it first was published? Was it female Baba when did, What decade are we talking about? Here's a picture of her with me here, Baba. <gasps> Let me see it. I'll show you. This was published... Couldn't be. Nine, 1990? No, no. When did this she first write those poems? I'm not when? sure when they were first written. Well, when published did they? in 1990. But she wrote them for... 1956 is the picture of her and 50s? Baba. 50s? That sounds about right. Where's the... Oh, there she is. Man, is this all her poetry? That's incredible stuff. I really like it a lot. Yeah. She's got a lot of good things. She was one of his close ones, too. The close. Yeah. Was she writing this when she was around him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the history of this book that well. I just, I just well, had to pick up some that's poems for the night. To me, it's a great interest when it was written. Got to get the time, space, context. 
And if she's with this God character... Yeah, it can be timeless, it can be eternal, but I'd like to know precisely when and where she was when she wrote this stuff. Because her environment and time of year would be seeping into her consciousness. That's just really interesting to know. He beats the world with a colored stick, and that is love, is love. The form of Maya, aeons thick, and that is love, is love. He beats the world, he beats the wave, and that is his silent love. Oh, and that his silent love does prove. Hmm. Who's she talking about? She's using a male pronoun. She's talking the about great Meher spirit, Baba. the eye in the sky. She's talking about Meher Baba. Because she was a devotee. Because she was that crazy She's a about this guy. Meher Baba. De- Meher Baba said crazy stuff, man. <laughs> Meher Baba. Meher Baba. Dude. Can you tell us your Baba Marimba man? Do you experience? Do you experience your timeline as linear? Except for those three days, dude. That's what I was going to say. That's the next question. Sure, man. It's if it's not linear, there's no art. I don't think he experienced nothing. it that way. There's no music, but what about music? That's all linear. Is it, is it not? What effect would it have if it wasn't? It's nice and round, too. It affects the emotions. It's moving around. It affects the soul, the feelings. It's got to be linear. There's a lot of ambience that's not linear. But I don't know what linear is. That's a word I've been hearing for years. I'm only been wondering about. I've it. never looked it up. I'm only beginning to understand what people are talking about. It has something to do with the time-space continuum, I presume. It's flowing. It's going forward in a direction. Yeah, at the same it's, time that they're talking about what this eternal now, right? The mm-hmm. eternal now. Eternal now. If we could see all of now, it would enfold the beginning and the end of all things. Who said that? I did just now. Say it again. Can you say it again? <laughs> if, say it precisely exactly again. If we could see the eternal now, it would enfold all things from the beginning to the end. That's pretty close. Unfold is the operative In, infold. word. Infold. Infold? It would include, if we could see infold. the eternal right. now... E N F O L D. That's the one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get this. Go ahead. It, the past and the future would all be part of the eternal now if we were experiencing time in that way. And I think that music is breaks down the barriers a bit because when we listen to music, we hear it again and again in our head. It echoes within our consciousness. So does a word or a sentence, an idea or a thought that's being shared in a conversation. Yeah, linear doesn't really deal with echoes. Yeah. It doesn't e- deal with what's coming from behind you the echo or to the side of you. What are you talking about? We live what, in an ambiance. We live within a habitat. We live within 360 degrees. And there's a lot of different ways that things are going. Everything is not linear. A lot of things affect you. Then I don't know what it means. Somebody tell me what linear is. Tell me what it means. Please? You're not straight enough to know. (laughs) Oh, I can dig that. You're telling me it's like some kind of eternal mystery, right? The the eternal question, the unanswered question. You might not be able to handle linear. 
because you've wanted it for years. And then if it in was presented to you, it might just blow your mind. If you're thinking about dimensions. Or might blow your D, dude. In the form of a chick. Are you telling me you had some kind of revelation into... How did you come to understand this? Did you... Well, I just, just think... Like I, I, We've done a lot of podcasting. I went into myself and I thought of the things that I've wanted to know but I have never been able to grasp. And I thought, the reason that I don't get it is because of me. And there must be either something inside me that's keeping me away from it. Either I'm scared or... like but I No, I thought safe. it was an eternal mystery. It's the unanswered question, right? The eternal question. I think all questions will be answered, but I don't claim to have all those answers right now. There's a lot of teenagers that if you ask them what linear is, they'll tell you. No, the great, the eternal mystery. My the, the unanswered question. Oh, the unanswered question. I don't know if I believe... That's a piece of music by Charles Ives. Ever heard of Ives? Yeah. Have you heard that composition called The Unanswered Question? I don't know. It's, an, it's about an eight or nine minute tone poem. I can't answer that. Tone poem? That's it, non-linear. That's non-linear music. What? A tone poem is a non-linear music. There's no beginning or end. You can, can put you pull it, it down? It's only about eight minutes long. It's called The Unanswered... You've never heard it? I don't know. Do you Play it. Text? Just put it on the whole thing. Put it on the strip. Oh, yeah. What's it? Who is it? The Unanswered Question. Charles Ives. Charles Ives. Charles Ives. I have never thought about the unanswered question. This is a piece of music that will truly, literally blow your mind. Have you ever done toning? Instead of talking, have you ever toned? What do you mean? Well, you're connecting with other people. You're not quite making music, but it moves from a space where we're using words like we are now to where <clears throat> we're just using tones. Is that it? Like... No, I don't think I've ever done that. It's nice. Already dubstep. <laughs> Bro, we're gonna define linear by understanding nonlinear. We will be nonlinear and in its opposite space through the combination of the unanswered question and our toning, we will be the opposite of linear. Is this an orchestral? If it's the if it's the famous piece called The Unanswered Question by Charles Ives. Are these real strings? It sounds like it might be. Got it on your Spotify? Oh, Galactic. That would be it. You sure you got the right piece? That's it. It's about eight minutes long. It's a tone poem. Yeah, the, this one has the cover of a uh, of a Galactic scene. This is not eight minutes long. You got the wrong tune. <laughs> you got the wrong Ives composition. This is the unanswered oh, well, hold, question. That's it. That is it. Ooh, but this one's only five something. Okay, five. Sometimes they take it slower. Sometimes uh, I take it real slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it. Now, wait a minute. You gotta stick with this. Oh, you gotta stick with it. It's gonna kill you. It'll kill you. It's gonna change our whole conversation for the next three minutes. Mm -hmm. 
Baba says that when God realization finally lands, it can happen in less than an instant. It doesn't take long to realize God. Once it happens, boom, it happens. I've passed through churches, temples, Buddhist halls, arriving at a tavern with bamboo walls, guzzles from deep inside drift out of me, a planetary weatherman. I'd sing along but cannot keep on key. Singers and lovers, I'm told, are soon let in, and poets too, with sitar or mandolin. I'm not so bold to claim that I'm a lover. A writer? I'm driven to it by another. What have you got there, a volume of Rod McEwen? Rod McEwen rocks. Yeah. I've got to load it up with some Rod McEwen. Yeah. This is Davis Taylor. Goes good with Charles Ives. Rod McEwen goes good with Charles Ives. Because he's the grown-up... Who was that guy? Yeah. Mr. Rogers for adults. That's who. That's yeah. who this, this, that, that, that. You have to be alone by yourself when you listen to this. Really. I'm You're gonna have to revisit feel it. Feel like I'm outside. It's working. It's, it, it sounds like it's gonna take like you nowhere, but it's only five or six minutes. And wait till you dig what it's gonna leading up. The whole to. place we're trying to go is nowhere. That's what we're trying to get. The unanswered question will be no place you've ever been. It will be officially nowhere. Wait till you dig the nowhere that this piece of music is leading you to. He's going to lay it on you real heavy, real, real soon. He's leading me in a non-linear way. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think we're trying to go somewhere, and the only way to get there is through nowhere. But if you're not gone, you know nowhere, right? You've got to be fully gone. You've got to be real gone. First, you tell you us the story of where yet. this poncho came from. That poncho was hanging out over a branch, over the branch. Of hey, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have on a beautiful, deep, burnish purple That's the pretty poncho with undertones of red and orange stripes and dark, dark orange or dark, dark brown. This came from the river. That came from, yeah, river. Sean found it in the river, like coiled up. It was hanging over the river from a branch. Oh, that's a beautiful place to find a poncho. I had to get fully in the creek to get it. You're gonna have to revisit this when you're by yourself, all right? I love how hard this Ives composition oh, hit you at some point. Dude, it's dude, clearly not a... hitting you now in the same way that it once did. But you're reflecting, you're making like a little teleportation tunnel to a point, I don't know when it was, if, if it was when you first heard this or a special moment in time when you heard that and it just nailed you. You're not gonna understand it until you, you go there yourself, right? <laughs> 
There's linear paths. There's linear paths, but they're not going forward. I mean, with this particular channel, really connects to us and unifies us with it, and unifies us with the like original intention of the music. Right, but remember, it's called the unanswered question. True that. Bring it back for us. Bring it all home. Because that's. Are you saying this captures the mood of that? Did that somehow nail for you the idea of this question that would never be answered? You be the judge. Now on the cross. Go back and examine You got said you. I told you you got to be by yourself and listen to this. You got you know. The unanswered question is a state of longing. It's as <sighs> if you are in anti gravity. You're hanging there. You have your toes on the. You're swimming and you come up to the Menadrius trench and you see it below you. And you're at dash that moment when you first are there, not descending or just you're just hanging because you've answered the question. And now it's not coming back to you. What do you mean you've answered the question? No, you... The whole thing, what it's all about is it's the unanswered question. Well, you've asked the question, and it's not coming back. What do you mean it's not coming back? It's It's, right here all the time. It's eternal. Well, it's unanswered. It's ever-present. Wait, it's been answered? It's here right now. Oh, fuck. There is... Right? The unanswered question, man. It's eternal. It's right here, right now. There's no... So there is no... Okay, so we're having like a Zen school right now. I'm telling you, there's no... It couldn't be answered because it's always being asked? Not even because. Even without asking, it could never be answered. The unanswered question is here. Yeah, it's the same thing as the eternal now. There's... Again, you know, there's a million bajillion ways that we can take the ocean and redefine it or give it a new name. You call it the unanswered question. I'm going to call it Meher Baba. But he's got to be talking about the same exact thing. Point in fact, but land on one and you will be satisfied in the end. Land on another and you will continue to be asking. Right, who said that? Me, right now. <laughs> can you say it again? From the start, repeat it exactly. I want to hear this. Land on one and you will end at satisfaction. Land on another and you will be eternally asking. Confucius C. Mm. Confucius. Confuses. Confuses C. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. I like it. This is the way to see if someone's not full of shit. I like it. (laughs) Sounds good. But look, you guys have got a lot of power. Wow. Look what you've got at your fingertips. Yeah. There's like 10 imaginary people listening to us. I'm a special. I'm a special guest, right? Special guest star. Remember yeah. those TV shows that regular guest star, special guest star, regular special guest star. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yeah. special guest star. Yeah, you're yes. a special guest so star. So humor me. Do one more thing for me right now. I want you to pull down a very short two and a half minute Rod McEwen recording. <laughs> yes, but this comes with your introduction of what Rod McEwen is. That's a tall order, buddy, but I'll try. Uh, he's the adult. Oh, the name Mr. of the song is "I'll Catch the Sun." He's the adult, Mister Rogers. I'll catch the sun. I don't want a live recording. I want the original studio. I'm pulling it up. You got to tell us who he is. I'll do my best. Rod McEwen's a poet. He's a poet of the 60s. He dabbled into the beatniks. He got into the... He was a beatnik. 
He was. That's he the was. world he came from. He came in on the first beatnik wave. He was he was first beatnik wave? He, oh, he seemed yeah. a little post to me. Not at all. In fact, you can see him in a Jerry Lewis film before he got into music, man, from the... You can see him in the opening sequence of, uh, of The Delicate Delinquent with Jerry Lewis, which came out in 1958. Because he, he was friends with Phyllis Diller in San Francisco. He got to know Phyllis Diller. She was discovered by Phyllis Diller. And he, she yeah. got him to get a contract with Paramount Pictures in the 50s. Wait, how, do you know how he got discovered? By Phyllis Diller, I read. That's what I heard. She's was the he, one. he was just doing his thing? Because you know, he's a poet. He like, he's it was a the poet, beat scene in San Francisco. singing yeah, his in songs 50s. in this like almost pop-like boy band way. Like He's real sweet. But he's Mr. Rogers for adults. Yeah. He's real heavy, too. Yeah, In the yeah. sense of being hard, a lot of heartbreaking tragedy. But he'll wear a sweater vest or a cardigan. He like, wears it Way well. before Kurt Cobain. If we're talking too much about it, just listen to it. I'll catch the sun. I'll catch the sun. Go ahead. It's good. Give it back. Sincere and heartfelt. And in a world yeah. where no one understands, romance. I'll take my outstretched hand and offer it to anyone. There's so much strength in being sincere. Comes along. My name's not Shuri. Please don't call me Shuri. Dr. Professor, do you write? Do you play music? What is your connection? What is your end on the beat realm? Are you a beat? Well, I... I can say what Rob McEwen said about himself as a poet. He said I'm not a poet, just a stringer of words. That's what he said. I'm not a poet, just a stringer of words. You got That's any, what he said. You got any word strings with you? This guy's more important. <laughs> He's more important than I am. Believe me. That's a good feeling to have. That's a humble mm. intonation. You've really got to... kind of... But he didn't have the axe to grind brutality of the, the mainstream beatnik can movement. I, can I turn my hat so it looks more like yours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I narrate this Once again, you had to listener? Be, you have to listen to this fight when you're by yourself. We're later. in the forest. Later when you're by they yourself. They just both turned their woolen paperboy hats. Dr. Professor had his backwards. John DJ Minnie has made his backwards. John and I are both in ponchos. Dr. Professor has a sweet suede jacket on. Cost me a week's wages. Cost him a week's wages? <laughs> He's telling us what's hip and cool. Telling us to get lost in the unanswered question and then find yourself with the romantic hand of Rod McEwen. And then if you've been losing touch with all of that, to pull back the veils of the Sanchkura 
which is just a hot chick that you're trying to get to know. And then maybe you can string it together in some words and it won't be linear because you have no idea what linear is. But these words will come together in binder paper or whatever fashion you write with and you'll tow it around with you. And then at some point you'll pull it out in a mad scribbling of the tongue that beats with your heart. And that's the scene on this front porch. To get the full scene, we have to also know the narrator's hat, which is a maroon ball cap with the word shalom. Cultural Peace Project. Shalom. Hmm. Shalom. I came across this, um, the Wisdom Journal, spring 2021. It's an expert from the Dharma of Poetry, how poems can deepen your spiritual practice and open to joy. It's by John Brehem, B-R-E-H-M. And this paragraph hit me well with understanding about how to go on a walk, see an object or a facet of beauty, and how to feel it, and then be able to write from that feeling. As you walk, feel when something draws your attention, when something seems to call to you, or feels especially vivid. What's his name? John Brom? John Brom. John Brom. Some dude? Some dude. He's writing that? Is he a writer? Is he a poet? I don't know. I don't know if he's getting paid for his writing. He doesn't have his... Okay, it has a bit of his poems. (coughs) He has poems in it. It does. I just want to get the the context of where he's coming from. That's all. He's got a way with words I like it. Mm. But not like Rodney Kuhl. The context is it's a Buddhist magazine it's a magazine for it's all things buddhist so it's like this is yeah, the dharma of poetry yeah, unfortunately that ruins it <laughs> bouncing off the shaman <laughs> why does that ruin it because religion and art really don't mix that well they oh really come don't. on if you look at a lot of the religious art, art badass look at the 16th chapel michelangelo would make catholics cool you he know some catholics like, psychedelic you look up at the 16th chapel, that gay man was fucking all the other guys around and using them as anatomy models and then taking the shapes of their inner organs and transposing that onto the figures above the 16th chapel. Are you talking about the picture with the finger of God reaching down and touching the, the one that goes like that? Yeah. yeah. Is that you, it? Is that you, Michelangelo? That's what we're if talking you about. transpose that, it's a model of the brain. That image there, if you overlay a slide cut of the human brain, that's what he was outlining. All of his figures in that painting are outlines of brains and other functional anatomy parts. As he was trying to find out where spirit physically makes its entering into the world. Because he was devout. He was into God. He was into love. And he knew that it came through our bodies. And you want to hear about Michelangelo? Yeah. Let's Let's hear about it from Joni Mitchell. She sings about him in this one song, and it's really good. It's really? called uh, it's called Refuge of the Road by Joni Mitchell. Can you Refuge pull it, of the Road? Can you pull it? Refuge of the Road. Uh, you got you got two more hits, so you got to use them. You got to use them wisely. <laughs> you got the request line. Oh, you are I'm, a special guest, but the special guest is not the request you line. You can insert Look, what I've, snippets what of I've these, tried like, to lay on you so in the far. Is, process, you know, like just to, pull down this one Joni so cut and stick with it, will you, please? Okay, but I'm gonna talk over it. Yeah, you can do that if you. If you're not so moved that your heart is bursting out of your chest once you hear Joni Mitchell describe Keep in mind, this is probably the greatest singer-songwriter of the latter half of the 20th century. 
Yeah. How and it is a female. It's a female genius. Mm. She's all woman. Joni Mitchell. Singing about me. What's that song? It's called Refuge of the Road. Refuge of the Road. You speak with poetry on your tongue. Speak with what on my tongue? Poetry. Thank you. It's one of the highest compliments I've ever received. <laughs> really is. You know what? They don't have it. I think Joni Mitchell... What are you talking about? I think she dropped out of Spotify. Oh, I that think happened she, kind of recently, yeah, I think, huh? I think she was upset at She was Joe upset Rogan. about Joe Rogan. You mean you can't <laughs> pull down like, a Joni Mitchell songs anymore? I don't mean to digress, but did you <laughs> yeah, see that's that That's so fucking funny. <laughs> of are you, Elon, like... It did happen, yeah. Her and Neil Young got off Wait a off, minute, what does that, that mean? Does that mean you can't pull down any Joni Mitchell songs anymore? No, dude, she's off of it. She's off. I mean, that I means could go he's to off everything. No, no. I could go to YouTube, off but I don't want his to platform. Go to, his right. digital access. Yeah. Has been. I didn't forget about it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. She's boycotting. She's, she's boycotting. Yeah, she's, she's actively, she's actively protested at the moment. Did you? See, we have just entered into her protest. Right. Let's digress, please. Did you see that snip? I don't even know if it was real or not. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Of Elon saying that Rogan was. That talking to Rogan was as boring as talking to a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the third time that he went on Rogan's show, Rogan didn't know that he was making a space shuttle. Really? Yeah, he's like, wait, what? You're making a space shuttle? <laughs> <laughs> As you walk, when the, we... Uh, Feel when something draws your attention, when something seems to call to you and feels especially vivid. When this happens, let yourself go towards that thing and stop. Give it your full attention. Simply notice what's there in as much detail as possible without adding any conceptual overlay. Don't ascribe meaning to what you see. This is getting non-fucking linear. That's a lot of instructions. <laughs> Don't tell a story about it. But it's creating a mood that's a singular No, approach. it's putting a cage around it. You'll get nowhere with it. Believe me. He's trying to help the people who are caged trying to, to find the door. <laughs> trying to help How many the times have you heard that? <laughs> trying to help the history of human consciousness. And I'm just trying Nazis to help. We're just trying to make he's things better. because he's a know. Buddhist. <laughs> Bring a quality of warmth and friendliness. You may to be right. Hey, this was the next line. <laughs> Bring, right this is the next line. Bring a quality of warmth and friendliness to your looking. Don't tell me what to do. Feel as though what you're looking at is aware of your gaze and appreciates the attention, as if it might be saying, "Oh, how wonderful to be noticed." No one really sees me the way that you are seeing me. She's a beautiful woman named Maya. Now that we've received our directions, <laughs> our no, complex instructions. No one ever really sees me the way that you are seeing me. Notice all the physical features about the object, but see also if you can sense any energetic qualities emanating from it. It's too information oriented. It's not worth much. It's not like poetry. Notice the quality of relationship you're having with it. How it feels to hold in your awareness. 
Stay with the object as long as you're able to keep noticing. I'm sorry, and buddy, but I've got it. Please stop. Please, I just I can't stand it. <laughs> so when you're ready to resume your walk, bow to your new friend. What's he trying Inwardly to look? and outwardly. You're dumping your new age Thank crap you for all being over there. me. <laughs> sounds like the biggest pile of new age crap I've ever heard in my life. Can I Sorry. summarize your point? Yes. I thought yes. I just did. Yeah, well, it sounds like true. new age crap to me. Man. I feel like what you're saying is... When I walk through the world, my experience is beautiful, and I don't need anybody to give me some set of instructions to modify it. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. No. You're but, saying that it's too are, much instructions for the guttural impulse it's to kind write. Of, it, it is kind of ironic that he starts off, I don't remember exactly the word he used, but like, don't intellectualize it. But then, like, how could you be referring to all of this? How could you be doing all of this without... Guys, it comes in three stages. You see a fire hydrant that draws your attention. Yeah, first you have to notice that it draws you in. It's there's, there's something, something about it that there. lights you up a bit, that you're attracted to it. Once you are drawn to it, yeah. you create well, a relationship with it. That's you realize that the, the experience you're experiencing is alive and that no one else is ever going to experience that again. The experience is something else. It might not be you because it's something that you're sharing with the fire hydrant. A boring. Look, it's not poetry, all right? Come on. It's not music. You've got to go straight to the to the nerve endings, to the to the you know the feeling bone. Just like all the great artists. To the codice kinda. That's why they're famous. The That's why there's family. only a handful of them. No, there's only a handful of or people. A couple that of handful, really basket full. They can really make the feeling happen. That's right. It's that rare. can go to the like the human impulse, the actual part where it's well, something. Sure, you know, it's a matter of degrees. Some of them had more than others. If you have rock-like faith in God and flame-like love for Him, nothing in this world will affect you. Anything else? I can keep going. I didn't want to bore you. Too much information. <laughs> boring misery, in or there. misery will not trouble you. You're boring me to death, but that's, that's not important. <laughs> you're boring tens of thousands of other people. <laughs> you're going to turn people off with that, believe me. It's just not good enough. Everybody will be turned off by this for about 700 years. Then they will. Right, I'm going to have to pull out some of my own stuff to show you what I mean. That's a cool lighter. Oh, it's just a steel cover case. Oh, you just put it over any lighter. I see that. What got me about that Buddhist stuff is it was remind me of Kerouac's descriptions of how to write. Is you Kerouac at his points for modern prose was you start at the jeweled center of interest, and the jeweled center of interest is your attachment to whatever is going on in the scene. But he turned and then it you in, extrapolate outwards from that. But he turned it into art. He turned it into literature. Come on, he the, wrote. The he's, that's why he's a that. great writer. That's why he's worth something. Yeah. What is literature? Well, it's an art form. It's an aesthetic act. It's a product of... Well, I don't know. Art's defined in different ways. The main definition I've heard is that it's a search to try to capture some kind of heightened sense of beauty. Yeah. Beauty it's itself being the operative word for an sense artist. sense of beauty. I've already totally forgotten everything that Buddhist said. 
stand a better <laughs> I chance. I kind of remember the first two points. You'd stand a better chance of getting. You have to notice that moment in your day when heightened beauty arises. Yeah. And you're then forget creating, everything else. You're creating a relationship. <laughs> Don't wrap with it. any bullshit around it. And let I think it exist. he has a little bullshit in that he's supposing that the fire hydrant likes that you're looking at it. That part feels icky to me. I, that's the part I kind of like the most. Actually. That part sounds like no, he's not checking the fire hydrant. Wait a minute, that's a great metaphor. I mean, what's where's that from? Who came up with that? The fire hydrant thing. Well, Where'd you get that? that? It was his example of the moment. All right, lay it on me. What are you talking about? What's Hit the, us with a slam the on the fire hydrant. You see it in your mind. Lay it down with water streaming out on, what was that, New Year's? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's classic. <laughs> right? Stream of consciousness He stuff. had a fire hydrant I, experience this year. A fire hydrant was one of the most beautiful things you've seen so far, I dare say. Yeah, yeah. One that someone had probably like run over or something, and now the water was gushing out like a giant geyser in the middle of the city. Is that or a neighborhood? Yeah, I was very moved. Yeah, I was very moved. So it was actually the lack of a fire hydrant. It was actually the lack of the hydrant. Yes. If I was there and was able to write a poem from it, I would see the fire hydrant, and then I would see and I'd be within what was beautiful about it. And then I would see my relationship to the fire hydrant. Don't be here now. Be there now. <laughs> I was completely enthralled, though. It, it was the... Com it, that I had a moment coming up onto a broken fire hydrant in the middle of the morning, like early, early morning, like three in the morning, where it was just geysering from blocks away so that you don't know what the sound is, but you think it's a tree as you're approaching. It's pluming so high. And as you get near to it, it's creating such a reverberation that the pressure of the water gets strong enough that within 10 feet, it's pushing you back. And then it was just complete life. It was the hottest, most informative life of the whole evening. It was the place that you could be like right on the cusp of reality. Man, you better break out those bongo drums. Because <coughs> this guy is on it. He's on a roll. <laughs> yeah, he does it. He does it good. Where are those bongo drums? You almost always bring them. I didn't bring them. Oh, charm. Well, we've got a new do. Yeah, dude, we're in the land of ultimate percussion. <laughs> I'm gonna set Sean up to read some, uh, to read some poetry. No, wait to hold it. Don't <coughs> read some poetry. Wait, don't. Just read. do it, man. Let it go. It's got to be like that. Just coming right out. Oh, uh, we're just I doing it. I mirror you. I am the answer to your unanswered question. Bring it, <laughs> Professor. Do not challenge it. Be it. As I challenge you. Uh, you guys wanted to see some of my stuff, right? Yeah. An example of my stuff. Don't read it. Yes. I'm going to write it down for you. Uh -huh. I don't believe that poetry should be written out. Read out loud too much. Should be written out loud. But it's a podcast. I've got to hear it. That's what he's saying. He's going to write it out loud. Oh, that's oh. tough. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Someone else can read it. Okay. okay. Still read your own. I, I hate listening to people reading their own poetry. Oh, come on. I'm going to read one of Sean's. Unless it's then. somebody like Rod McEwen. I, this is, Sean wrote this the other day. Did I write it the other day? Oh, yeah, this was a good one. 
accidentally left the pump on. In search of a ring pop, I find only a sugar gun. A black river a black riverbed electronic card was left in the machine. Twice, I'm a quarter short. Third time's a charm. Ignoring the present conversation to indulge in some repetitious past. Thought patterns leap in sparks of color shapes. The Adam's apple is an off-limit topic. I go to the same place I would have anyway, and with the same buzz, only lighter. The tinker of metal drums start in the distance beyond a quiet creek. Fourteen minutes on the timer. I give directions to an out-of-towner. The point of this poem is lost in the present. But if I tried to nail it in, it would become a lemon. Got three lines deep in bed before I resorted to masturbation. Shadows swirl in an eddy beneath my favorite smelling lichen. Sitting in wild strawberries with only nine minutes left. Bus to a lawyer to discuss the fate of my inactivity. That pump went almost twice as long as I had intended. But as of yet, unknown are the consequences. This time, I'm done early. Like the two-step of drum and bass. That would sound really good if it was a chick reading it. That's what you've got to do. You've got to write. I, I wish I had let Jedediah read it. You've got to write your poem and give it to a chick and let her read it for you. Don't you get it? <laughs> write the don't poem. Let her, no, don't let, let her the take the credit it. for it. She's, you know, they know it's, it's all you. There's you no give it, you wrote it, you're giving it to the chick, the lady, to read it. And she's got to read it. Yeah. Up there on the beatnik stage. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be the big shot. You're sitting right there. Yeah, okay. With the people. You don't even have to do anything at that point. That's what makes you the king. You're with the people. Depends on what you mean. But it, I don't know. The king? Sure, I know what you mean. I mean, you, that's when you really... Um, it's when the you recognize that you've created the situation, but now you just get to sit motionless and enjoy it. Oh, that's the king. That's the king when Elvis stops shaking his hips. And everybody else keeps shaking theirs. <laughs> and the applause is ongoing. Like a wave. Like the roar of a fire hydrant. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Shalom. That was your time when you were writing one. Did you write one during that time, or you were you were too actively listening? I think. Well, I There's I don't a, know how to. The professor carries a briefcase. It's also a doctor's bag. Mm. Doctor professor. Doctor professor. Mm. Is there a certain subject that you majored in? No, but I majored in several different substances. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were pulling out a poem. You're earthy, out. hardcore substances: sugar, tobacco, tea, whatever's tea. good. You're anything out intense. Some Arizona tea. Maybe Is I'm it? looking for a good, solid nicotine lockup. Maybe that's all I'm looking for: a good, solid nicotine lock hookup. Your poems are. Are you writing poetry right now? Is this your poem? I think it is. No, 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 no. My my poems are like they're tight. They're, they're very in a way they're very square. 
They do exist. Almost like, oh yeah, sure. Okay. I've been trying to get this out of you for like 15 minutes. You must have some in this bag. You want to see something? Bring them out. I had to write, no, no, I, all my poems are written in just one little book back in my place, but it's all in my head, of course. Mm. Oh, mm. Mm. I can, I can't recite it for you out loud. I'd have to write it down. Okay. You, you come with a notebook. You come with a blank I usually do. Sheet. I should. Mm. Mm. I don't really have a she, holy sheet. <laughs> holy sheet. Holy man. sheet. <laughs> I don't need a pen. Yellow legal pad. He's got the pen. He was almost going to stab me with it. That was what he wanted to do. Well, when I, I was know, like I'd called to up think to say, about like, what the... "Hey, is he? Uh, can a doctor professor come over?" And you're like, "Well, do you know? Will you vouch for him?" <laughs> That's what he said. He's like, "Well." I'm into knives, but I can't really share my knife collection. <laughs> <laughs> I remember showing up at Christian Kipping's house. It's not precisely like, what I said. It's not precisely what you said. What you said was... I said it was a little racier than that. It was. It was better. <laughs> I remember showing up at Christian Kipping's house in, like, fifth grade with a briefcase full of knives. <laughs> Beatniks dig knives. Come on. <laughs> Cutting edge. Because they're beautiful. Men That's have all. dug knives since obsidian was discovered. Subsidian? Obsidian. Obsidian. What kind of subsidian existence are you leading right now? <laughs> Subsidiary. What kind of obsidian existence you live in the present time? Hmm. What a quote. That's not mine. <laughs> That's not mine. <laughs> no, I just I have the highest regard for a pop poet like Ron McEwen because he, he kept it simple and very direct. Don't worry about it. You can check it out later. I'm trying to figure out what to what to lay on you guys. I gotta. While you write, I will read a short. Oh story. no, that's not going to help at all. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to help at all. Uh, maybe I won't read. People it. reading to me. Good yeah. God, y'all! Well, you need Don't be book. reading to me, please. Should we pause the podcast Don't for the writing to go down? Unless you've got something really. Do you need good. silence to write? Can't be a bunch of bombast. Well, let's, let's hum. Let's hum while he writes. Now that's bombast. That's you know what bombast, bombast is? Him. Ever look it up? I'm curious to know. That's a pretty harsh definition. Bombastic. Bombastic. Just a fantastic. <laughs> but it's a really, it's a hip, cool, and groovy sounding word. It kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> That's what poetry's all about. Yeah. What is it all about then? It's a poetry's all about what rolls off the tongue, what's there and communicates to a heart, like from open to open. It's the transference of the guru. It's like what you're getting from that band, the catalyst, with those gaga chicks. It's you're getting a feeling that's going from one person to the next. Transference of consciousness. It's that invisible nothing that is also something going from across the room to another. It's sure. But when you're around a poet, they're in that hyper-heightened state and they can bring you places. Yeah, but keep in mind that 99.9% of all poets and poetry is total bombast. Yeah. You know what that word means? Look it up. 
It's like 99.9% .9 of all classical music is bombast. And everybody knows it, including Mozart and Paul McCartney. Those are two. Because <laughs> Paul McCartney was the Mozart of his day. Were the Beatles 90% bombast? They were a loose band. There's like, there's tight bands and loose bands. The Beatles was a loose band. Mm. If you look at, if you listen to the Rubber Soul album, they're all studio, they're loose. They're not, they, they don't have it all screwed in tight and tied up the way some other bands do. There's good tight bands too, but that wasn't the Beatles. They were more liquid, loose, creative, and genius level for that experimental. didn't always hit the target. When did the Beatles miss? Because they were free. Yes. You can't be free and hit the target all the time. You gotta be, you know, they were free, creative. You shoot in places sometimes the target doesn't even exist. Sure, stuff like that. John Lennon shooting at a target that didn't exist. But if you're gifted like a Paul McCartney, you can crank out seven or eight top 40 hits in a day. Yeah. Every day. They'd show up and just do that to him. him and, John. and John Lennon, too. But Lennon was more message-oriented. McCartney is the melodic genius. There's no question about it. But John Lennon had a bigger mind. That's why he was called the leader of the band when they first started out. Then as the genius of Paul McCartney began to overshadow the larger mind of John Lennon, Mysteriously, John Lennon stopped playing the harmonica. You ever notice that? At some point in the recording, early in the recording history, John Lennon stopped playing the harmonica. Wow. So it's just, a, I mean, the Beatles are a very interesting subject matter for, for study. Not bombast. Some of it was. A little bit of it, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Some of it was bombast. Paul would dabble in some bombast. Because they were because hey, they were free. Because <laughs> they were free. Come on. They like yeah. being free. They like being free. That's, I mean that was their whole thing, I think, wasn't it? That was like a big part of their message, I guess. I mean that was the whole time period. I want whole... you to get free with your poetry right now, because right now you're in a cage of a pen and a paper, and it needs to be written before it happens. My poetry, all of my poetry, is in a cage right now, because I put in it in a there. notebook at home. Yeah, it is. But it's also in here. How do and we? And it's also rolling off. Another kind. It's not rolling you were, off. You were calling the slam challenge earlier. Yeah. That the is what? the only reason why I know the slam is in you. you you're full of the slam. The what? The stream of consciousness. The slam the freedom challenge. What's where that? The poetry starts happening now. There's. We were pulling it up. We were going to read stuff we wrote, and you're like, "No, that's Please. bullshit. Just make it happen." And it was just like, "All right, get on your two toes." And, and Jedi you can read a poem it. if you want, but don't make it moments. a long one, for God's sake. It comes in moments, and it better be good. <laughs> it better be good. It better be and good. not too long, please. You better be good. I don't believe poems should be very long. Four or five verses at the most. Knock twice on the temple door, once for love, once for hate. The third time, cry, I'm late, I'm late. That's very good. Who wrote that? Again, Phyllis Frederick. Phyllis Frederick. 
That's good stuff. Alright, this is going to be one that uh, Sean and I wrote together. Oh, that one's not that good, though. I like this one. You like it? You I read. like this one, dude. I've, I botched a poem already tonight. You read the next one. No, this was good if we switch off line for line. But you got to say who wrote it first. Tell me who wrote it. We, this was a... Tag, tag team wrote this one. Back and forth, line by line. We should do a back and forth poem, line by line. The game works like this. The poem ends when one person writes the needle-driven point. Until then, we just keep going, only one line at a time. The poem starts. You really want to go back and forth? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Go back and forth. From a cooperative weave. They flashed their gang sign. Stash riders exalted in a van. Miniature capitalized slow rolling plumage. Market Street to downtown, his round monkey face flashed the evil eye. Whirling a pitchfork from the open window. Flying cabbages shatter against the penny ice creamery. Betsy Vice handles the clutch. Whips the block like there was no curb. Foxtail and Mondo are in the back spilling pickle juice. Squished into the rambler seat while Cherry snoozes on smoke sleep. Some sheep are made to jump the fence and some sheep make you lose your count. Powdered cheese puffs the air as Mondo quick lifts the bearskin rug. Foxtail shuffles a nug, many bugs, forge back cards, a ring, and screams when she finds, I take back that last line. Powdered cheese puffs the air as Mondo quick lifts the bearskin rug. Credit cards have the same number as the fortune teller phone number. He can now yell to the monkey-faced driver. Coincidence noted by a finger of Foxtail's licking, testing the direction of the wind. She sticking the same number of powdered cheese puff particles on her forehead a cyclops looking for eye drops plastic barbie smooth with neon orange bindi hungry for more she rubs three shiva lines of vaseline across her forehead as the fortune teller dials a collect call direct line to her brain do you collect do you accept a collect call from lady macbeth honey marmalade would you like to explain Buddha's ex, who burnt all his robes and spat in the offering bowl, is on the line. Do you accept future as she rolls out the red carpet, your boyfriend's tongue stroking your neck? These are the f thoughts Foxtail felt as she was deciding to accept a collect call while the monkey-faced driver was still throwing cabbage, waving a pitchfork, looking for a payphone to dial up. Does this poem have a title? It's got a name from a cooperative weave. From a cooperative weave. Is the title of the poem? Yeah. That's pretty good. <clears throat> like Superman. Good title, good poem. Go like, ahead. Like Superman changing form in a phone booth. It was Lady Macbeth who taught you to time travel in a spinning treehouse. Forged rings from water, more rings when there's more rain. <clears throat> like a map of history, like a spike. Like the Tower of Babel, the tree rises out of the earth. They held time together, way more solid than analog. Soon horizontal and rotting, the petals continued to fall steadily from the clock face, round and moody. Decay rate is a time state, the dial tone rhythmically humming. The wisher of destruction was shunned from ancient society. A giver of receiver, a bottom, a top, 
I will give her a receiver of bottom this top. All the comrades lined up like a mugshot. Cherry at the end of the line, cheeks rouged like a pokeball, is handed a note. A torn page from the uplandish, on the page number of the date of the menstrual cycle, women are most receptive, where is the super mind constructed, all the dots. The topic is a new moon. The other characters disband the weave unravels. Creating a jet stream awake, a zipper of recoiling space like Owen Wilson's face in the 90s horror action film Anaconda. All those behind the scenes, the set, crew, shuffling in advance of the next illusion. The mastermind, the mile after the next mile, the mole focus, the part of the cycle, it's receptive too much, receptive to treatment, to the beating, to the lesson, to succeeding, to bleeding, to drifting, leaving rubber on Pacific Avenue, drifting while leaving the penny ice creamery, everyone's now screaming, singing, my oh me, others are memory and some are murmuring. Cheating, cheating, cheating. Who did it better, the mummy or the zombie? Care by neglect through love, eating brains. The sun is only. The sun is the only way that life possibly sustains. Releasing love, the Milky Way. The needle driven point. That should be the title of the poem right there. Ah, it's either the end or the beginning. Sometimes the last line is a good title for the poem. Mm -hmm. In that case, it is. Huh. Say it again. The needle-driven point. That's that should be the title. The needle-driven point is yeah. close to the from a cooperative re weave, because in my mind it's coming from the sun. The sun has the needle-driven point, and the cooperative weave is the way that light is going up and down as it travels across the many miles to get to Earth. The needle-driven point from <clears throat> the cooperative me, weave. Of the that's cooperative, very good. <clears throat> the cooperative needle, weave yeah, is the weaving of ideas between two people. The needle-driven point is when you finally tie it together with a singular, with a singularity. Mm. It feels oh, good to connect. Uh, <laughs> I was collecting. It feels good to co-read that yeah. and have it received enjoyably by a live audience. Thank you for listening. Well, I can listen to stuff like that. Yeah. I thought you were going to tear that one a new one, dude. I, like, I was like, uh -uh. this is everything she doesn't like in this is kidding, the better than driven point. Buddhist literature. If that's the title of the poem, I love it. But you got to make that the title of it. It would be better to have that be the title. <clears throat> that is, don't, you're going to drop the yeah. ball. Yeah. All right, dude. All right, you're the editor. It happened. Don't drop the ball. Sure you don't want to come off lame, man. You're going to think it's a bunch of bombast. I thought it was <clears> and it's not because it's the co from a cooperative weave. And then I said they flashed a gang sign. So I was picturing their fingers in this cooperative weave of making some sort of inscription. And I was like, yes. No problem so with I weave. I thought you were digging crew, into like, like grows. I thought you were digging into the feeling of. A gang where there's this camaraderie, this friendship. There's a group of people. Yes, yes, and they're in the. But if you really want to cut to the cut to the bone, you've got to take the word cooperative out. Out. 
Okay. <laughs> from a weed. You've got to. It's got to have. Some, it's <laughs> got to have weave. a hard hitting point to it. What's the last line of that? The needle driven point. Yeah. That's mm. your title. Mm-hmm. And Take don't the put, cooperative out of weave though. It's a from pretty a good weave. line. A good rule of thumb would be don't use the word cooperative in any of your poetry at all. You're it's an a anarch- sick word. You're an anarchist. It's a sick word. We need Chris Thomas in on this conversation. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I'm sorry. It's, it's a very sick word. Cooperative? Your poetry's great. <laughs> the word is sick. How many times is that word is that word in part of the poem? Is it in there? It's or the just... first line. I read the first line to me. Uh, from a cooperative weave. Second line? They flash their gang sign. Okay, you can have the word cooperative one time in the poem on the first line. Especially just, because it's immediately followed because, by a gang. <laughs> no, because it's a perfect poem. It really is. <laughs> Except for the title. you got to yeah, have the, the title, title the last line, not the first. I'm fully with you on that. Sometimes you can have the title as the first line, too. But not on that one. Yeah. This one's got to cut to that. Yeah. Because it's real good. I was collecting hay on my end while it was being written. <laughs> I had like a big, I had big prairies that I tend to. And I had, had mowed them all down, and then I was collecting all of the excess grass into these hay piles. It was so, like, beautiful and Big prairies that you were attending to? What do you mean? Big, me. I have big prairies. Doing? I have big prairies that I tend to. What do you mean by that? What are you talking about? I'm a groundskeeper for a, an outdoor theater, and part of the deal of the acreage of the theater is that they have to have about two acres that is native grasses. And so then I go and I tend to the grasses. Are they like ancient grain grasses? Like those are the same species of plant that was growing here 500 years ago? I don't know if it went back 500 years, but I do know what makes these grasses unique to California is that their roots go down 50 years. Like their root structures go down 50 feet. Like the difference between the other grasses and California grasses is they're a bunch grass and they survive droughts because their root structures go way All right, screw the title. Give it no titles. No title for that. (laughs) Get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Their roots go 50 feet. It's perfect. It's really... (laughs) I think they do, though. 50 feet or 50 years. It's a slur of time space. <laughs> it depends if Hating you're going linear ears. or not. Is it called linear? Black if you're hole, going down? white hole, emanate, anti gravity, light pours out of yes. me. Time moves backwards when you get close enough to see me, you know you're near the end. Okay. 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 Let's do we it. We don't live. have an ashtray. We gotta do here. this live. What One is, line at a time. One line at a time. One line at a time. It's happening live. Circle. Begin. Look, that's got to be one of your best poems. I mean, you kind of, you kind of did that together. You co-wrote it. We're doing it again. Triple circle. Do your thing. We're a loose band, like the Beatles. <laughs> Sometimes you can't think about starting because you think about starting, then you're already fucking lost. My poems aren't like that at all. I'm a tight poet. My poems are super tight. It's a whole different ball game. Hmm. I'll try to write it down for you. Where's that pad? His poems are tight like Phyllis Frederick. 
Don't know who that is, but is that a recording artist? I've read her. I've read oh, two of her poems. Oh, that Phyllis lady Franklin. right. Oh yeah, yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. They're more like that. More old fashioned, I guess. In an old book, I found an angel's wing. So tissue brown. I'm wondering what poem caught her, and she bent down. Nervous system. It's up there with Emily Dickinson. It's up there. I'm so glad I grabbed this book tonight. Yeah, I never heard of her. You know, I... Nervous system cocooned in symbols. Eroticism, the yoga of attunement. It's all sex, time chamber, eight levels of consciousness, ancient foursome. We identified eight levels of consciousness, stuporous, emotional, symbolic, somatic, sensory, cellular, molecular, and out of body. Each level needed a vocabulary for the emotional and symbolic levels. We lent themselves to ver verbal descriptions. We were able to use variables developed during my research at Berkeley. What are you reading from now? Who's that? This is the chapter for Whale of the Harbor from Flashbacks, Timothy Leary's autobiography. Some dude. That's Timothy Leary. <laughs> How is Timothy Leary that you're reading? Oh, you're really? Yeah. yeah. <gasps> this is the part where he's developed, he's there, identified the levels of consciousness, and now in their experiments, they need to... Uh, they need Fascinate. to have a way to describe them. So they're about to develop the emotional typewriter. Absolutely fascinating. The emotional typewriter... So many years ago. ...doesn't use words. It uses symbols that they construct to represent these different chambers of consciousness. And then as people are going on their journeys, they can hit the typewriter and then describe what they're feeling. Needs an endless number of keys. Yeah, yeah. The next part is where Charles Mingus shows up. Charles Mingus shows up. Charles Mingus shows up. That's good music for reading poetry. It's good background music. Charles Mingus was a genius. Well, yeah, of course we don't want to overuse the word, but... There's a lot of them. There can be many. But there's not. Hmm. It's rare. There's Come on. many more non-geniuses than geniuses, but yeah, the geniuses gives are the it like ones, a Paul they're the ones whose messages resonate out the farthest. And that's why gifted we know like that. a Paul McCartney, sure. Yeah. The I don't even call McCartney parties. The transference of the guru sometimes can be within a foot or two, or at a conference, or it can stretch across generations. Oceans and galaxies. Yo. And generations. That's why Paul McCartney's a genius. I want to hear this Charles Mingus coming in on the Timothy Leary. The time chamber experiments did not work for everybody. Charles Mingus frequently bombed up to the front door, lugging his bass and full of delight paranoias, pounding out jazz improvisations on the piano. He would want to time travel, but he even pushed as we might. His ponderous form would not fit through the entrance of the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, like the sensory deprivation chamber? 
I wish I didn't read that. I can't believe he wrote that. If I could, what do you? That. He was big. <laughs> he was a big dude. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't fit in their in their in their chamber. It's valuable. He was a bit of a gluttonous man. It's worth a lot. From my understanding, from the autobiography Charles Mingus wrote, "Beneath the Underdog," he once tried to commit suicide by sleeping with Mexican prostitutes. He, he tried to sleep with so many Mexican prostitutes that he thought it was going to kill him. But it didn't work. Wow. That's a he delightful was a, way he to go. He was a bit of a gluttonous, a tortured soul. Way to go. Charles Mingus got to a point in his own musical creation where he stopped listening to anybody else's music. He didn't want to be influenced by anybody else. I he wanted it to, to be this like mirror of self. He only wanted to be influenced by his own music yeah. and why not I mean he was out there right he becomes more pure that way yeah that's one avenue to take mm. you could get to the point that you're only generating from inside right I, I no inspiration how many outside. thoughts you have that are not inspired that are not inspired that are just coming from you everything I have is like coming from outside of me it's because you're a projector Right, right. And I mean that in that, like a good way, not the like, oh, you're projecting kind of way. Do you dig on human design theory at all? The mind is such a junkyard. Yeah. It remembers Frank Sinatra's middle name, but not the day your best friend died. Uh, oh. That's Rod McEwen. Yes. Don't be telling me Rod McEwen's a, not a heavy, he's heavy, come on. <laughs> he's good, he's real good. <laughs> Rod McEwen got legitimate snaps, dude. That's a beatnik genius. Mr. Rogers he for just, adults, are you kidding me? He just reached across generations and had a genuine snapping moment. That was calling forth the snaps. Yeah. It's like a full reaction. Yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. We've devoted much of our energy to creating environments that would guide consciousness away from the mundane level, local, into new dimensions. Much of this was constructed in mind with the time chamber. Yeah, they had created some kind of time chamber? We sealed off the door and re-peppered the wall of the living room so that the existence from the room was hidden. I climbed through a window into the hidden study and used a power saw to slice into a yard square opening a hardwood floor. I love it. In the cellar, we constructed a dark tunnel that led up a ladder into the enclosed room, now covered walls and ceiling, with Hindu paisley prints of cellular design. Red velvet cushions covered the floor. At the far end, illuminated by candles and anort holders, was a smiling, was a smiling bronze Buddha, which Peggy Mellon Hitchhock generously provided. In this secret chamber, a modern version of Tom Sawyer's clubhouse is easy to forget on drugs or straight where you were in the house or indeed on the planet. It was an early isolation tank. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you all for having me here. I don't get to... It's a nice experience. I don't get to do this for a while. You were one of the inspirations to this whole podcast. You had, I was playing Rachmaninoff, and you walked by the library and came in and said, is this the, uh, the Russian Elvis? And you, like, schooled me on what Rachmaninoff is. Definitely the Russian Elvis of his day. 
worldwide too. He was big, real big. Yeah. And then I got into, uh, who was that? It's a piano player. Didn't yeah. sing much. L.A. Lady. Different kind of music. He was a music superstar. Come on. Rodmaninov, man. Crazy nutty. Way out. Do you remember we were hanging out with those Mormons after? I remember. Sure. Oh. Don't get me wrong. I'm a diehard Marie Osmond nut. Okay? We were talking you about... You don't understand what I'm talking about. You had me ask them about... You never will until you play this one Marie Osmond recording. I don't know that one at all. Marie Can I get you to pull down you this got one more? more? You got one more. Yeah, that, yeah. All right, it's called My Little Corner of the World. My Little Marie Corner Osmond. of the World. Uh, I was talking about that the... Yeah, we were talking about having sex with God, and we had asked the Mormons if they would want to have sex with God. And they immediately responded in their most purest form that they said yes. Absolutely, that yes. God, they so clearly said yes, that God is love, and he is already having sex with us. That's why it's such a crazy, nutty religion. Now play that song. Come on. <laughs> and then, as if the magic wasn't enough, we were looking for cool, beatnik chicks. And one showed up and was gravitated to our, just like, because we're on the front porch of the library, just like hitting it, making it happen. And she pulls up in her car, leans one knee against the hood of the car, lights a cigarette with her tight pants and her shirt tucked in. And both of us got too shy to say anything. All right, you guys are chick magnets. You're chick magnets. Can I tag along? <laughs> Dude, this happened when you and I were hanging out. I'm telling you a story from the last time I was hanging out with you, Dr. Professor. Speaking of becoming, uh, of like losing the moment, there's, there's a point when you're just whipping the reins and you've taken the lead and you're just fearlessly belting it out. And I noticed something happened when you were asked for the poet, when we asked for your poetry, you you started writing some time ago in the conversation, and because you've been writing, I, I'm not encapsulating my thought well enough. But there's this like breakdown of ideas. There's a lapse of time where poems condense time. You've stepped out of the lead. You put down the reins for a while so that you could be in the behind behind the curtain so that you could write. And at some point in the near future. Whatever's on that yellow legal pad is going to come out, sir. I don't know what state it's in right now, but I'm curious to know because right, if you really want to take this, you first because you gotta... that yellow legal pad's like a woman who walked up, and she just made you tongue-tied. You would think that we would right, look. This one has is this one has something a tile, but you got it fresh, or is this one from memory? Not... Is it is it happening? Tonight? Oh no, this is one of my this is this is my actually memory. my signature verse. Okay. It's more like a more of a little. I'm just, and I'm fascinated by your process too, because you have the poem memorized, but you also have to write it down. Wait till you dig. It. Wait till you dig what my real. Because he won't read it. Wait, no, I'm not going to read it out loud. Yeah, it's against. Do you his... want a woman to read it? We have no, a woman in the house. <laughs> All right, but wait, wait, don't. Not yet. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, don't get her yet. Right. Hang on. First, you gotta. You gotta dig what my real name is. All right, I'm going to write it down for you. This is my poetry name. I wanted to, uh, it's my big shot name. Uh, this is the pen name. Yeah. 
That's right. But good luck trying to figure out how to say it. I'm going to let you guys... The, we'll let the local woman decide. No, 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 no. You guys first. I'm going to throw this at you and see what happens. <laughs> You'll probably get the last name. All right. Let's see if you can... Does it start with DJ? It, that, yes, it does. I thought it did, yeah. Why would you think such a it thing? It does start with DJ, though. It I know. really does. I know. <laughs> all right, this is my super fancy big shot name, all right? And the poems in my, this is my, my signature, that's about me. Can you say it out loud? Jeffy Finkelstein. Je Jeffy, Je Jeffy. DJ Effie Finkelstein. You don't, how do you say it? Try to make it smooth. Jeffy, Jeffy, Jeffy Finkelstein. Jeffy? Yeah, so. Jeffy. However, you can. I didn't mean to. It's kind of tough, isn't it? It's hard. To Jeffy, like to Django? It's hard to say out loud. It looks. Jeffy? But when you read. Yeah, that's right. Sure, like that guy. Yeah. The Jeffy. Like Django. Django, right? Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Give it to a chick. Give it to a chick. I don't want to bother the lady. See what the daughter Go ahead. Go ahead. Immediately available. Whatever you want to do. She's not immediately available. I'm not going to pull her out of the shower. No, I don't want to. Go ahead. Do we want to sound? I think my photos are better read silently from the page. What was that artist that we were pulling up? Oh, uh, My Little Corner of the World by Marie Osmond. This is interesting. It's not easy to read. I'm going to try to read it. To Jeffy. To say it in vain is a fed. We're all crime. <laughs> he rips it away. All right, listen to this. Yeah, it's more important. This. No, no, it's happening. Can you just say federal crimes? <laughs> yeah, you get it. All right. That's why you have to read it on the page a few times for this. Well, let me try. Before you try to say it out loud. I just wanted Marie <laughs> to be the feminist. Listen to this. Let him, let him appreciate This is more page. important. This is more important. It's one song. It's one Marie Osmond recording. I love this total, like, humble homage that you have to other people being more important than you. There's no such thing as that. That's Marie Osmond. Talking you forget to there's any other place. In her prime. Primo Marie. Talking to these Mormon kids, they lay us down on the history that Mormonism was Jesus teleporting over and communicating with the Native Americans. Mm. That it was like after his resurrection, he didn't go to heaven. He beamed down and hung out with the Native tribes. Yeah. So we we're kind of feeling that just in the mix of it. And we're All right, now listen to the bridge. It's heartbreaking. And the harmonica comes in. Domain on the harmonica? Nothing like that at all. And we're upset close. because we had wanted to hang out with a people I'd rather listen to a Marie Osmond and John Lennon. Oh, there it is. There it is. And it's the heartbreaker right there. And it didn't happen. And we're just like back in the library thinking about this world and how we missed the opportunity. And lo and behold, a beatnik chick comes out and she just like says hello 
And I was like, oh, I don't know, what do we do? Dr. Professor's like, we gotta say hello back. <laughs> I think we ought to stop saying chicks and just take the S off and say chick. Like, here comes some chick. I'm looking for some chick. Well, that's how it all fell apart, is we started calling her a cool chick. And she got fucking pissed. I was gonna say, no, don't drop this whole word. So pissed. Don't just drop the S. Not even a cool chick. Just cool chick. She got like it's a substance, a commodity. Like mad. Yeah, get modern. We're all humans. We're all people. We're all spirits. Beatniks have axes to grind. It's part of our mission. Come on. It's a name. It's a title. We were polite about it. We're like, all right, we'll we'll call you something else. But before all that. She stopped to sing us a Native American war song. Uh-huh. Like, that's what she liked. She's like, oh, it's Beatnik Hour? You guys might dig this. And then she just started pounding against the library wall and it, singing. In English? In English, mm-hmm. singing this Native American war song. And it was just like, it was like, I wanted to hear what Jesus was saying Read to Read that Indians. over before you try to say it. Read it out loud so you can get it straight. Sorry about my handwriting. You're saying read it out loud first. No. no. Read it through. And then if you then say it smooth out loud. Once you get it once you got it right. To say it in vain is a fed or a crime. <laughs> you just did the same thing I did. <laughs> read it through so you make sure you got, you get it straight. It's it's just a short, it's not very long. Dude, that's what it that's what it says. But say it right. If you're going to say it out loud, say it like it sings, like it's a real poem. Come on. What is the purpose, sir, of putting the singular word on two lines? To say it in vain is a fed. Not again. That's what it says. Let me try. But you're reading it wrong. That's why I... It's so scary to hear you people wanna, try to read my poems out loud. And you want other people to read it, but you know they're going to read it wrong. Because, just because the line ends doesn't mean you have to pause there. Especially if it's got a hyphen on the word. Oh, it means that it continues into one sound. What's wrong with you? Oh, I, I never, it's never it's read because like you that. reach the end of the line doesn't mean you pause at the end of the line. <laughs> to say in advance a fed rural crime? No, I've don't always wondered about this. Make it smooth. I always have made Just a little pause. Maybe I've been doing it wrong all these years. No, you have been. I've at least with my kind of poetry. Yeah. But the kind of stuff you write, I, I don't know. I appreciate that. I, I don't tend to use that technique that often. But you might want to. in the middle of a word. I don't know. You might want to. I know some you're... poets are really into this. They'll but that's not like what this is at the all. The last word of the sentence on the next line. That's cool, but read it through and let try me, to get it right. Let me try to get it right this time. Try to get it right. Just read it like a regular normal thing that it is. Please. To say it in vain is a federal crime. But it's fine to think to Jeffy in your head all the time. To Jeffy, it's your day to fly. Street corners wave goodbye. You say my name wrong. Yeah, that's how you told me to say it. Jeffy. Say Jeffy. 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 I read. Go try try. To say it in vain is a federal crime, but it's fine to think Jeffy in your head all the time. Jeffy, it's your day to fly. Street corners wave goodbye. That's my signature verse. It's not even a real poem. It's kind of this like, is the poem that you're hoping will get lodged in a beautiful woman's memory. This is the poem that emerges after three days of freedom. You're leaving the corner. 
This is the unpronounceable this is the unpronounceable poem. After three days of heedlessly squandering life's precious gift. Mm. You were given a gift that would last forever. If only you could remember it but never say it. Well, anyway, you guys are good. Real good. I'm never going to forget the name. But can you figure out how to say it? It's the unanswerable Can you pull it question. off? The unanswer- the unpronounceable That's name. That's what it's for. That's why I like people reading my stuff out of books, not reading it out loud too much. It's the beauty of the poem comes out better when you read and you see it on the page. Frustration is It's more is of a passion. poem when you see it written on the page. It's more of a poem when you see it written on the page. You can express more with, with punctuation and various different structural expressions. And it's, and it's in your head when you're reading it. It's the like I reading the page has more emotion than the sound of the voice. If the if the poem is written correctly, you can't you can't really say it out loud and capture the total poem. Mm. It's got it. I mean, maybe depending. I don't know. Maybe if you write a different kind of poetry, I don't know. I feel. I feel you. But not I my stuff. Yeah. Rip it out. Well, I have notes on the back side. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, boss. Yeah. Should I still call you Doctor Professor, or are you Jeffy? Oh, that's just a nickname. Jeff. I gave you my fancy name. No, don't say it out loud, please. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> just just lodge it in the memory you can bank. Call me. Just don't say don't it out loud. Don't think it in vain. It's a federal crime. Don't think it in vain. It's a federal crime. That's not what it says. But you're free to commit any brutality on my writing that you want. Ah. Go ahead, man. You got. I bang what did it feel Baba like when you left the, when you left the street corner? High and free. You levitating? Well, some sure, something like that. You know, some kind of expansive elevating experience of some kind. It, it gives the impression of going, if not straight up, at least out in all directions. Yeah. We think of mind expansion as an upward movement, but really it's it's an outward movement in all directions. Yeah. Which leads me to my next big question. The Earth appears to have a north and a south pole. North of the Earth, you have is, is so much of the universe, and south of the Earth, what's underneath? What's on the bottom? Because that's going out too. It's all going out. I've been wondering about this tilt of the Earth. Is there something else outside of the solar system that we're oriented to? We're not straight oriented to the sun. I can't tackle that. The north and south emanating out of the Earth, they don't point perpendicular to the sun. We're on a tilt. i got to wonder what the trajectory is of the solar system as it's traveling around the galaxy. Are we aimed towards the center of the galaxy? Like, what's it tilting on? Yeah, is there something? Can't tackle that. Yeah, is there something? Can't tackle that. Yeah, is there something? Can't tackle that.
Beatles, the loose Beatles, the loose Beatles, the loose Beatles, almost like going backwards. Come back to you, and it created a reverse circles. You see, there's good type of reverse image of the music. Is it more likely for the consciousness to expand in all directions when the body is still? Is that a Dr. Finkelstein question? <laughs> I can't handle that. I can't wrap my mind around it. Okay. You guys are you're brainy, all right? Beatniks were brainy. They were into all that kind of stuff. But that's not... I mean, you're on the curb. You're more it. a Rod McEwen type. I... You got heart, friend. There's a real soft spot there. I can feel that. Yeah, I've read my Rod McEwen. <laughs> hey, take us back to the Catalyst uh, with your your band that you were watching with a uh, Rob McEwen fan. Well, you mean Rob Bresney? Rob Bresney. And yeah, that was World Entertainment War back to back with the Holy Sisters of the Gaga Dada. The Gaga Bresney Dada. opened for the Holy Sisters. But they're not the other band called the Holy Sisters that did sort of make the big time. The Holy Sisters of the Gaga Dada cut a few albums, but they never got famous. They're a Santa Cruz band? Yeah. But if you ask Bresney about it, he can tell you all about it. That was back in the 80s. I got to Santa Cruz in 82. Two years before I was born. Before we were born. And the whole time you guys have been living, I've been doing absolutely nothing. The whole time. The best kind of nothing? I don't know. It depends on what you mean. I mean... Floating freely off of a street corner? There's a world of hurt in, in trying to in trying to put something into words that's never been put into words before. So that it's not... Um, bombast? Yeah. I'm getting the sense That's right. that bombast is just what's been done before. Look it up in a dictionary. It's got an even more brutal definition. Even more is, brutal uh, than that. I don't have it. It's extraneous. Worthless. It's big for the sake of being big. <clears throat> it's big without value. It's, it's defined as worthless. It's worthless. Oh, yeah. How's that for a brutal word? It's worthless but used for a purpose, which is to make it seem like more grand. Which doesn't work. It's like the ultimate phony, because you're really going for it. Yeah, it's like tr somebody's trying too hard or something, mm. and they're, but with no inspiration. It's all show. Trying too no hard sense. with no inspiration, you know how it is. Yeah. That's bombast. I suppose that was, that would be a working definition. A lot of, you know, a lot of Artists fall into that trap. Yeah. Especially once there's the expectation that they are an artist. Horrible. They sign that contract. They gotta... Then they gotta keep producing somehow. And there's no inspiration left. You've gotta be gifted like a Paul McCartney to pull that off. Mm. You have to just be able to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be in... subjected to any kind of pressure like that. I would not want to live like that. I don't know how they do it. 
it's no pressure when they're born to do it. They just like accept that this is what I'm here to do. <clears throat> I may give you nothing. I may give you more, much more than you expect. Or maybe nothing. And that nothing may prove to be everything. So I say come with open hearts to receive much more or nothing from the Divine Beloved. Sounds like Rob McEwen on a bad day. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> come to receive not so Even much. Even Rob McEwen would not, never sunk that low. Come That's to the worst receive... substandard sub McEwen style poetry I've ever heard. <laughs> I hate it. Come, Please, I don't want to hear it. Come to receive not so much my words, but my silence. I hate it. Do you understand? Just let that next lad. lad I, I'm going to stop in the middle, but let that one sink in. Did you hear that? One more time. Now you hate it. I go ahead, lay it on me. One time. more time. Come to receive not so much my words, but of my silence. The problem is he's talking about himself. Yeah. <laughs> this is one little glitch. In the There's only something. one person that we want to talk about themselves. Yeah. He is that person. For the listener, what is this poem? According um, to him, he is. Th well. That's why it's bad poetry. Sean's reading from his Baba poems. Yeah. From his God poems. I'm I, sorry. I, I don't even think it's poems. It's just him talking. Right, probably everything she would say becomes a poem. It's a man with a grotesquely overinflated ego. Mm. And how can you blame him? He was well, the Elvis of his you're day. You're making a safe and, you know, kind of immediate assumption that he's not God. And he's making the... He's making the, the corresponding that he's not only God, but he knows and experiences that he's God every moment. Well, that sounds all right. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds all right. It's the only time when I want to start hearing something like that. I remember when I had some moments where I felt like I connected to the infinite and I wanted to share it with other people, but there was no way for me to do it because it's so personal and so intimate to the self. And then when I started reading Baba's words and he's saying, I am God, I'm like, yeah, that's how you say it. <laughs> you just say, I am God. You just say it? I mean, if you're trying to explain it to people, it's never, ever going to land. But if you're trying as hard as you can to get the closest to the truth through words, bam, he's just hitting it hard. It's very personal. He's speaking about his own personal experience. And he said it to a chick and it worked? Well, more power to him. <laughs> When Baba first visited the West, he, within a couple of months, had 350 people who were completely dedicating their lives to him. People would meet him for just like five minutes, not share any words, just experience his presence. Yes, that's a very interesting phenomenon. And immediately dedicate their entire lives to him. That's possible. Yeah, I wanted to hear about... This is this, historical. This, when he arrives in the West, and, like, they get kind of... They call him out on being a charlatan. Oh, that was, uh, that was someone who met him in England. That was an American who met him in England, was immediately taken at first, but then went away and started thinking and questioning and doubting and deciding that it was some kind of hypnotism. Yeah, like, why would I just fall for this? Why would I be engulfed in this? And so why suddenly, are these other people suddenly... It's like a trick... 
Yeah. I, I forget what his first name was. Mr. That Watson. Guy is, has he never seen a totally beautiful woman? Has he never had a crush? The trick is pretty obvious. What are you talking about? What guy? Okay, but when the, I see a beautiful woman... When you woman, doubt the possibility of hypnotism by encountering a person... I, <laughs> the only time I've ever experienced being dropped into immediate shedding of tears from the sheer beauty of someone was... Oh. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip on her name, but that woman who plays harp downtown. Oh, harp therapy. Harp therapy, downtown Santa Cruz. For I just listeners. started hearing that harp, and I was in tears. But this I is say, a lady that plays harp last summer downtown, and the, Sean would go to harp therapy where he'd go listen to her play. The effect of a beautiful person on us, and we feel a crush or an infatuation, is a totally different thing than just being in someone's physical presence and you're just immediately at the complete depth of emotional experience. Well, there's infatuation, but then there's fascination, which might be even more powerful. Fascination? As opposed to infatuation. Infatuation. Seems to me it's more often than not when you get a, a highly polished spirit, perhaps like this fellow right here, then yes, people would be automatically fascinated as they were with a, a handful of other great gurus of the 20th century. Ramana Maharshi comes to mind. People seem to be fascinated just by, by sitting in front of him and looking at his expressions. He, he didn't say much, man. He didn't say much. But just like looking at him, they, they, were, they were fascinated by looking at the way that he looked at he looked things. Wondering what he was looking at. Fascination. Yeah, sure. That's real. If you could give that to somebody, fascination, because that's you're giving them the, the kind of bullshit poet, Buddhist poet description of looking at rocks and fire dehydrants with wonder and beauty. If you can give that to somebody by you, just your presence... You'd be on top of the world. You're going to make people feel on top of the world. Fascination. more. I dare say is the first tier of love because it still has a question. Fascination is wondering, what is this thing that I'm looking at? The next level is when you become one with that thing. You imbibe that thing. The thing enters into you without any question there at all. Enters into you without any question. Fascination does not drop you into shedding tears. Love drops you into shedding tears. You, did you get to the part with the harp player that she opened up your emotional spectrum the way that it happened with these, when people saw Baba? I was doing a lot of crying at that time in my life anyway. I don't think it was the same thing as what Baba was doing silently for these people. First of all, she was playing music. There was a very definite outward expression coming from harp therapy. Baba would just be sitting there completely silent, and the other person would be completely silent, but the waves of consciousness radiating from him would cause, again, tears that were coming, not because of sadness, not because of joy, because of both. There, but there is sadness there. It's both. Deep sadness. Mm. Emotions present. run deep. Emotions run deep. I mean, just look at existence. Look at life subwoofer deep pulse 
there's much sorrow. Like it says in the scriptures, with great knowledge comes great sorrow. To me, that has the ring of truth. As you become more intimate with me, all that is good and all that is bad within you comes out in sparks. Oh, damn. I'm cutting slides out because I don't want to bore the professor. That one's hot. Well, I don't know. That one's, <laughs> that one's pretty hot. As you become into with me, all that is good and all that is bad comes out in sparks. It reveals all your sourness and all your beauty. As it like as you incorporate with this, I'm not. It's if you incorporate described. with truth, then it will reveal these things within you, and you will have a better able to see it. You'll be able to better feel it. You'll be able to be less um, obstructed by anything else. Professor, I love the sincerity in which I can sense your yearning for truth. There's this looking for the answer to the unanswerable question. Truth, man. Are you kidding me? I don't mean to be square. Man, there's nothing more square than the truth. The more truth you learn, the more you're going to want to forget about it. Don't Just forget it. Oh, don't try to shove that line down my throat. But it's true. The more you learn, the more you're going to want to forget. Is that your words? That's his experience. That's, it. That's the way I can... That's been my experience. When you touch the truth? Truth hurts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The truth sucks. It really does. The nature, the existential nature of reality, the human condition. Are you kidding me? It hurts. Not like jumping on a bicycle without a seat on it, but it hurts. Unless you become like <laughs> dust, you cannot realize God. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. It's that pain that you're talking about. I think about. he's on the right track. It will crush you. It will crush you. Sounds us. like he's on the right track. What if the truth is like just gets beyond our human sense? Because I'm like, if the truth hurts if I look at it from from a human condition, I'm like, there's a lot of sadness and pain in the world. But if I start to look at it from the truth that I am a system of cells and that they run through mitochondria and that mitochondria are just trying to move with energy and exchange information, it's like they're, that truth at that level is a whole... How much are those words worth? Did you get your words worth? <laughs> that? I hope so. You're made up of cells, and the cells are made up of mitochondria. I'm getting my, my words worth tonight. The mitochondria are just, they're just exchanging energy. Oh, there you go with the magic word. The magic cop-out word. Energy? Just. Oh. When you say, oh, it's just this, or it's just that. Boiling it down, yeah. distilling it far too. Worse than that. It's one of the worst sins you can commit. Don't just me. Really? Tell us more. What is the word just doing? I don't, I don't know how to talk about this stuff very good. It's like a goddamn preposition. That's why it's so hard to write about it. Why do we have to it. the everything to death? 
Why does every goddamn thing need a the? Well, it doesn't. No. It could just be. It could just be without having that title, without presupposing it. But not necessarily. Sometimes it has to have the the. It should have it. Sometimes. You see what I mean? Just like the Beatles are a loose band. And what's his name? He's a tight band, but he's really good. What's his name? David Bowie. Ah. Any of his recordings are very tight, very tight, very genius level, very good. So it can it can be either way, but it better be good. You ever come across Seven Sided Shapes? Is that Bowie? It could be. I don't know what you mean. What's I that? Know a Septagon. Are you familiar with a Septagon? Well, you have I can... lots of pentagons and octagons and. Hexagons. I've seen a two-dimensional drawing of a seven-sided shape. That's about that's the extent of my experience with it. They're somewhat rare. You mean in nature or in culture? In culture, in, in culture. Again, how often have you heard the word hexagon and octagon? A seven-sided shape in yeah. culture. A septagon. Does it exist? I looked culturally. It up. Yeah, I it's looked not it up. very common though. Can you give me an example? What would you be talking about? I don't think they do exist. Jedediah found some graffiti of this the day that we were talking about it. You the don't think it day. exists? That was the only shape I've seen of it. Mm-hmm. No, the next day I looked in the library at the huge dictionary for Septagon, and there is no Septagon in the dictionary. But the Sheriff's Badge has seven points on it. Did you ever notice that? Does it? Boom. County Sheriff's Badge has Boom. seven Boom. thingies Boom. on it. Yeah, the seven. Sheriff. Count them. <laughs> You know the Count. origin of the word sheriff? Oh, what does it mean? It was like the people in the Middle East who could speak the languages of many tribes so they could kind of bridge the gap when there was disputes going on. They could speak the language of both sides that were fighting and therefore help to bring peace. They were the sheriff. I like that. you got to have the in-between. Okay, but what about the great prophet? Mohammed? He was a warlord. Mm-hmm. Committed mass murder mm-hmm. on a large scale. Mm-hmm. He was no sheriff. He was something else. Are you fascinated by Islam? Not really. You're dissing but Buddhism, I, but you're down with the Muslims? Not at all. Okay. That's why I hate Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> I've never listened to another Cat Stevens again in my life. Recording ever again. Just like, was it Joni Mitchell who was boycatting Spotify? Boycatting. Yeah, boycatting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just the way I feel. Everybody draws a line. It's, it's a gut level somewhere. feeling. Check out this line the rainbow, six colors in the light spectrum. The seventh is the ultraviolet. That's when you cross over into. Like a kind of unknown variable state. Now you're talking. You know Baba's flag is a seven-color rainbow. What? The what? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. The what flag? Meher Baba has a flag. His flag is a seven-color rainbow. Who designed it? Did he design it himself? Yeah. When did he do this? Uh, It was like in the 30s. That's Max Planck's whole thing with the ultraviolet. Does he have the ultraviolet in there? Seventh. There's like dark blue and then purple and then light blue is how he does it. 
I think the light blue is kind of a representation of what's above purple. There's just different right? shades of purple. There's purple, there's violet, a combination of red. Then it starts what is to purple, get red to, and blue. It starts to get to a place but that sometimes we can't see or experience. It gets to... But sometimes it's more red than blue, and sometimes it's more blue than red. And I want to get this straight once and for all, mm. for all time. Mm. Purple. That's more bluish than red, right? I thought it was a mix of blue and red. For a long time, I thought it was more more of the reddish. It's kind of an orange and brown mix. Orange and brown? Purple. Dude, I got it on right here. This is my bon You're definitely poncho, wearing dude. the purple with the like <laughs> orange and the brown. That's true, yeah, man. Dude, I'm in. <laughs> Literally wearing this spectrum. Found from a branch above the branch of Forty Creek. Mm. It did not cost a week's wages. It cost one trek into the waters of filth. <laughs> it cost a month of Sundays. A month of Sundays. Sweating it out. In June. Pulling out words like teeth. Yeah. Your own. Yeah. 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 You just prophesized yourself right. into being co-host. Your co-host of Phoenix Bunker's bullshit in, in June. No, I couldn't do that. Come in on. In June... My library shift is moving to Sundays because I'm going to be taking my theater carpentry job throughout the week. Your what? My theater carpentry job throughout the week. So I'm doing the library Sunday mornings. What theater carpentry job? At that place across the street? It's across a couple streets. You mean the theater over there? Then no. Ben Lowen? So no, no, it's for... Uh, uh, you, you get around. I get around. You've got a set of wheels. I got Professor, wheels. can you tell us your relationship to the Ben Lowen Library? association i have a quote yes it's the shirley temple templar temple this is my question the shirley temple was there she's in the photograph all the all the heavy hitters were there yeah <laughs> it's the old templar temple really isn't it it is so it's the shirley temple templar temple a holy place no art place mm. go ahead talk to me which is true. This is what it is. It is the Templar's Temple, and Shirley Temple did go there. And Shirley Temple joined the CIA in her early 30s and became Shirley Temple Black. So, and she did visit the library. So it is all possible that it is the temple of her. And as we were discovering this, the moment we decided or realized this, tobacco spilled everywhere in a purposeful offering on the porch. It was like, bam, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Well, when she grew up, she became a, what do they call her? Not a diplomat, a, um, what do they call those people? An ambassador. Go, yeah, an ambassador. But what she is mainly is an art ambassador. Right? I mean, that's what she's really famous for, is being an artist. Yeah, she is. So it's the Shirley Temple Templar Temple. It's, it's an Shirley art temple. temple. It's an art it's temple. It's a holy art temple. The entire art spectrum. The entire art spectrum, Dewey Decimal, across the board. What's this one? What? What's your timing on that? What's wrap? Is it wrap time? Well, I mean, it's up to you. This no, one's I'm so wondering. cruising. Oh, That's this one. Oh, we're at a uh, 23. Oh God. It goes... I have a poem for you. This is the Dewey Decimal. This is the full spectrum of all knowledge. 
The other day there was a, a swarm of what looked like locusts coming up from the western window in the library. They were beating against the window, like just these black bugs. At the Shirley Temple Templar Temple? Yes. Window? Yes. Right. They were flying up and went out to see what this was, and it turns out they were termites that were flying out from where the temple was almost set on fire, and above this, written in white sharpie, was Shirley Templar Temple. Well, yeah, I put that on there. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> that Come was on. you. Come that on. That was you. <laughs> I was looking at that. I was freaking out. Yeah, here we go. I was like, who did this? The entire art spectrum. I like it. Yeah. Includes all kinds of things. Generalities, philosophy, psychology, religion, social sciences, language, natural sciences, mathematics. Dig the succession of it, the way that they line it up from social sciences. Of course, then you have language. Then natural sciences, then you have mathematics. Mathematics would lead to technology, which becomes applied sciences. And then next would be the arts. Then next would be literature and rhetoric. And at some place, you got to fit in geography and history. But you're boring me to tears, brother. I mean, come on. <laughs> so Sundays, Sundays in June, come by the library, morning times. Sundays in June? June. How many Sundays in June? Four Sundays in June. So, Professor, you're not a librarian there, but you're a regular. Is that not right? really. No, no, he's a rare bird. I had kind of a... Well, I don't know. I just you had a. I, I like to go there when when nobody's there. I like to go to places when, when nobody's around. Usually, Lim I do go there, but only when nobody's there. Usually. Whoa! I had last time we hung out. I had just like it's no good going into a church when there's people in there. You got to go right. to an empty. It feels so much better when it's empty. Well, I guess like, it, like depends uh, on Charles Mingus making his music without any outside inspiration. Like well, I, I don't know what he was space, talking about. I have no idea space, what he was talking about. Zones. It's very abstract. It's better when it's empty. It's a transitional space. You sort of reminded me of one of my favorite actors, man, John Cassavetes. Ever seen any John Cassavetes films? I don't know. I don't know who that is. John Cassavetes. What? <laughs> you guys pull down movies? Yeah. Do you see movies? I want you to pull down a movie called Two Minute Warning. All right? I mean, for later on. Yeah. When you got the time. <laughs> Two Minute Warning, John Cassavetes. Cassavetes. So, you... I had this theory that you were dead. That you were dead and that when I was interacting with you, I was interacting with, uh, like, a spirit. That's the way I've been feeling for a while now. That's what life's been feeling like to me. Like, I'm here and I'm not here. Like, I've already gone into some different kind of dimension. But I know that's not entirely true. It, it might be partially true. I don't know. It's all mystical. Yeah. Mysterious. Yeah. Do you get more of that feeling when you're alone in the library? 
I don't know. I mean, it, after a certain point, it feels like you're alone all the time. Even Whether when you're around people or not. when you're in the middle of a podcast. I, yes, I feel it right now. A little bit. Could you call it the haunting? That would be a really good thing to call it. Because mm. it's a lot like that. Mm. It's, it's both shadow and light. All that is is you. It's mystical, spiritual, mysterious. And very, but also very real. Yo. Yo. All too real. Too real. Sometimes. Ultra real. It can be too real. Ultra real. It could be ultra real and it could be all too real. Because ultra real and all too real are right next door to each other. <laughs> it's like the ultraviolet and the all too violet. <laughs> this is bombast now. <laughs> I like that you're hanging out at the library probably as much as me. But you're just there. No, I, I just go there every now and then. I don't have a regular schedule or anything like that. Just places I go sometimes. I like, you know, it's the, it's the Shirley Temple, Templar Temple. Come on. Yeah. It's a mystical place. It's a holy place. There's been some occurrences recently. Like, how do you mean? What? What do you mean? Uh, there's been books that have been moved to different shelves. Like, it looks like there's a little earthquake in the bottom corner of a shelf, and it'll have moved just four or five books out of place. Stuff like that. Yeah. That's what we like. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. It is what we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we're looking for. Strange. Enamored by the strange. But it's got to be real. It, they're there. They're happening. It's possible there's this schizophrenic lady that comes in and she does kind of shuffles and things. Oh, man. Schizophrenic sound pretty mystical to me. I've looked at her shuffling and tried to decode it. You might enjoy M.H. Can. You know about M.H. Can? The Mental Health Client Action Network. Uh, sorry, that's not for me. I'm not saying that you need it, but you might find it fascinating. I was there with a friend a while ago. She's dead now. She died. You've she, been there. She turned blue. You know about it. They walked into her homeless tent and she was blue. She you, died from oxygen deprivation. You know what I learned Whoa. while I was at MHCAN? One of the, like, causal... What do you call You might it? as well take that thing and hit me over the head with it. Wow. I, I couldn't be less interested in... In MH can. I'm <laughs> relating to what you were saying about how you have this like death story. There I, 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 I was like, are you just going to drop by his? I'm not just dropping what you said. I'm riffing okay. on it, which okay. maybe you don't want to riff on death, but you know me. I oh no, I do want to riff on death. Yes, right. for sure. Then riff, riff with death. me because what I'm trying to say, but I don't have the scientific words for it, is that statistically speaking, schizophrenia is an indicator for COVID death. There was more. There was like that was like second or third. It was like old people dying from COVID. The number, it was like second or third on the list was schizophrenic people were like very prone to dying from COVID. That's funny. I heard that schizophrenics are immune from cancer or practically immune from it for some mysterious reason. Yeah, there was like, there's a mysterious thing going on. It's a mental illness. But what is it? But it it connects, it relates to other illnesses. Yeah, but what is it? Yeah, we don't know, do we? I don't think we do, do we? I don't think we know. So forget about it. All right, it's all a yin-yang type of thing, right? 
Mm. Something in that ballpark, right? Galactic activation. And I'm also riffing on your, you were interested in schizophrenia. You said there might be something spiritual about it. Oh, for sure. There's got to be. It's got to be profound, whatever it is. It's a splitting, you know, it's a duality. It's an imposed duality of some kind. Imposed by existence itself. Ooh. And I also think it's a deprivation state. Because our brains are all split in two. And when a person is in an emotional deprivation state, that the space between your brain feels the hollowness and emptiness of the separation. I believe schizophrenia is probably nothing more than a deprivation state of some kind. Problem is, society doesn't have the heart to let the schizophrenic heal. They can heal if we have the heart to let them, but we don't. Not as a... They need space. Yeah, on an individual level, maybe. What do they need to heal? Space? Acceptance? Maybe they only appear ill because the society is so ill. We and they don't want any part of it, so they're starving. That's where the deprivation state comes in. I believe that's what it really is. That's why they... Oh. But society as a whole just doesn't have the resources to let them heal. To be in a waking deprivation state from the world because your mind isn't talking from one from left to right. Just like the stomach turns in on itself and starts to eat itself when it when it's starving. I think it's the same thing applies to the brain, the mind. It's all a deprivation state. When what we want Whoa. when what we want is the ultimate truth but we also have a recognition of how utterly unattainable it is, it will eat us inside out. What's you? What are you saying? Run that by me again. When what we want is the ultimate truth, but we recognize that it is so utterly attainable, it will eat us inside out. When we recognize that it's attainable? Unattainable. It's yeah, I heard very attainable difficult time. to... I, I meant to say unattainable. Yeah, but did you? Because... <laughs> Roll it back. <laughs> we got it on tape. <laughs> I think the that truth would be the might be the back through. 15 seconds. Might be, you might have nothing but the attained truth. Which is what we call too much truth. Hydrant. You are the fire hydrant, though. Do you really not think you can't attain truth? I think that it's the ultimate destiny of all of us. We Can you break a rule truth. for me? But we have to go through utter deprivation of it before we get there. Most of us are not even desiring of truth at all. Those who are and become more and more convinced that it's the ultimate destiny and it's all that we want. We only want the answer to it's the unanswerable question. It's all that we question. think we want if we're deluded no, enough no, to think such get a me thing. Wrong. Don't get me wrong. We've got a lot of other things we still want in the way of experience the ultimate deprivation state. While I'm still Which interested in my beer and my sex, I'm not actually that thirsty for the truth. But once I get so fed up of beer and sex that 
I only yearn for the ultimate truth. I'm it's not it. saying I'm there. Truth is the ultimate deprivation We state. will go through the nothingness before we get to the ultimate everything. You're already there. You're though. killing me, Larry. <laughs> You're killing me, Larry. <laughs> that sounds like the biggest load of New Age crap I've ever heard in my life. You're the one who just said you might think that you're already dead. No, just in a different, I don't know, you know, a different dimension of some kinds. I don't know what it is. It's the way I've been feeling for a while. And yeah. it's not bad at all. I kind of like it. Not being fully here. Yeah. It's kind of a... It feels better. Semi I don't know where that somewhere else is or what it is. Semi-disembodied? Connecting with a part of yourself that's somewhere else at the same time? I don't know what it is, but I kind of like it. Is it fuzzy? Because truth is hard. Truth is hard. Cold, and it hurts. Yeah. Too much truth. Too real. Mm. Baba said he wanted us to be like footballs so he could give us a good hard kick and we wouldn't shatter. <laughs> well, it's got to be That's a reason why he said Baba that. Quote. Yeah, well, he must have had a reason for saying that. <laughs> yeah, because life's going to kick your ass. That's why he's saying it. Because truth is hard. Does he say that, dude? He implies I if, it. I don't know if he says truth is hard, but he, he says it. that we should become football-like so that we can get a good hard kick. That's why you got to see this movie called Two Minute Warning with John Cassavetes. Yeah. It's also got Charlton Heston at his best. Hardcore Heston. Hardcore Heston. <laughs> Cassavetes and Heston together? You're not going to believe it. Came out in the 70s. But Cassavetes is a significant independent filmmaker. I want to look into it. Great actor. Fantastic. What is it when an actor's at their best? I don't know. It's just they're, they're so real. The real ones. Oh, they're acting and they're real. They're, because it's really them as their person coming through. They like, have virtue. And it's coming through. They have integrity. Whoa. I wouldn't have... Yeah. Virtue, integrity. But they're... That's a, Fucking lying. If I they're, mean, play they're playing a if character, they're, if they're playing a villain and yeah, playing it well, is there still a virtue coming through? Like Hemingway was lying when he wrote his novels. That was fiction, but he was writing it to try and convey the way things really were, hmm. poetically in a literary device. You know, it's yeah. Rod McEwen too. And they were very successful, I think. These were great. These were the great ones. Integrity and virtue are accessible to anybody. It means it's possible for all of us to have the core. To have the core that would then... That could be built that we could all... Maybe. But obviously not all at the same time. No. That's not what I see. A whole city filled with virtue and integrity? An entire cosmopolitan area filled with Paul McCartney types cranking out seven or eight songs of killer dillers melodies a week, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so intense. 
so even you'd be in McCartneyville. You'd be in McCartneyville. If art is good when it's conveying how it really is, how life is, even if it's a fictional tale of it, it's telling it like it's true. If we become life artists, is that when we start to live our lives in a way that's in accordance with the truth of life? If I what told you, I tell you over and over again, you don't want to. Our life artist is when we stop using a medium like a pen and paper on a poem or a musical instrument to make a sound or a camera to make a film. It's when your life itself becomes the art because you recognize that there's a continuous expression of the truth and you're interested in the communication between you and the fire hydrant between you and God that's observing everything going on in your life. And you turn your life itself into the mode of trying to express that greater truth. I like the fire hydrant part, but the truth itself was not meant to be viewed in all of its naked deformity. Believe me. I like the communication part. because Truth is not meant to be experienced in all of its naked deformity. Think about a king cobra, a predator. I've had some k- pretty kinky experiences. Look into the face of a king I, cobra. And I don't mean in terms of like human physical That's your eroticism. Truth right there. I'm talking about the nuts and bolts of molecules smashing into each other, about what it feels like to be dead lumps of plastic. What about the nuts and bolts of looking directly into the face of a king cobra? Is that any more intense than being a plastic funnel on the shelf in a hardware store? I'd say it's about the same. Yeah. Too real. Too real. <laughs> Can agree on that, my friend. Oh, he's going at me with the snake hand. Yeah, dude. <laughs> What's wrong? Keep going. It's the cobra hand. Ah! <laughs> now you got to do it to me. Oh. <laughs> see, it's a game. All right, let's see. Yeah, let's try it with this guy. No, no, you got to stay loose, cool and loose, because you're, you know, this is like a, it's like a kung fu type of thing. It's like very, you know. You've got to try and... You're trying to high-five? You've got to try and do this to me. The last thing you want to do is high-five. That means you're both dead. Ah. Right? It means everybody loses. What you want to do is do that to somebody. Or... Or if you get them like this, you can go like that. Who's going to win? <laughs> Good. <laughs> but this high-fi stuff and, and fist-bumping stuff, forget about it. Forget it. Don't do it. Don't even go there. Don't let anybody make you do that. Masha. That is death. Fist bumping is, it is death? death like a cobra bite. Not cool. No longer in the realms of cool. Not in my book. Because it's too much of an agreed action? I don't know. It's just the way it is. If you go like this to somebody, or like this, yeah. you bump fist or high five. That's the wrong pattern. Uh. Here, let's make it smooth. Not like a contest at all, but like a race that you're running together. Now do it to me. Now make it smooth. You don't have to hit that hard, but make it snap. Make it nice and crisp. Now you try it. Try to make 
There you go. Yeah. That's way cooler. That's way hipper and cooler. Now, come on. I'm the serious, univer- too. The universal secret handshake is reciprocal because the other ones just beat and bump. But this, it creates a loop within it. You know, it's like trying to put the two magnets together. Well, it's like masculine and feminine. It's not so gay. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, oh, this is a, like a sex handshake. Because it's a reciprocal loop. Well, I guess it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's better vibes, a lot better. It is better vibes. Any There's a thing in, no, it is better vibes. There's a thing in like Hinduism, uh, in Indian culture, you're not supposed to point your feet at the guru. It's just extremely rude to do. Because there's a very real thing going on with your aura there. You're like sending out energy from your feet, and you don't want to aim that right at that person. Like Why that. is Joe Guru so hypersensitive about people pointing their feet at him? Well, like you said, there's a real <laughs> thing to it. What? Fist bumping is lame. Maybe you oh, can't yeah. pin down exactly why, but Fist there's a real energetic lame. thing going on there. I remember trying to convince an ex-girlfriend that the her posture at a party, I was like, no, you're sitting like too open to these guys. And I got jealous about her posture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like... Don't give me that fucking jealous bullshit. Yeah. My posture, the way I'm pointing my elbows was too open to these guys. Shut up. I was like, no, your energy. <laughs> Maybe you were seeing something that she wasn't aware of. Maybe she didn't know in herself that she was opening herself up to their energies. Yeah, man. What so did we're you all hungry. Then? We're all hungry. <laughs> Come on, DJ. We're living hungry organisms roll clinging hungry? to life. Did you just say roll hungry? Roll no, we're all hungry. hungry what Goliath. did you say? Roll hungry Goliath. We're all jacked. We are roll hungry. Stocking. We are all hungry. Yeah. Jack and the beanstalk. Jack and the beanstalk. Getting big as you ascend. Look, all living or all living things cling to life. Even yeah. a blade of grass clings to life. That's what I'm to, to tell life. you with the mychochondria. And you just said I was mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> the clinging to life is the transference of energy. It's not mumbo-jumbo. The life, it's the only thing that's happening. The life within is life. Is the wave. The life force within ourself that's more real than our mind. That's what freaks me out. I'm like, what do you mean it's all- more real? People worry that we're in a simulation. The truth is theory. hard. <laughs> Get ready. The normal experience that is easy, we forget about how real it gets. Oh, that's when we're it gets too real. The truth. People think we're in yeah, a that's simulation the real experience. Zone. The grass right blade is intense. The what? Oh yeah, intense. The repo man is always intense. Look, it's it's carnivorous and it's got nothing else to feed off but itself. That's the long and the short of it. Oh damn. Him. That's what we are. It's what it is. Yeah. The sun is like this? He, she, or it. What is the sun feeding off of? Itself. <laughs> I mean, the sun's the ultimate of it. Of just ex- well, I, well, you're right. I, I the don't know. I don't know. I just think it's the Maybe nature. Maybe it's feeding off of a black hole. Look, you've all seen that ancient symbol of the snake eating its tail, right? Or well, that's course. it. That's it. That's all she wrote. That's it. That's the yin yang right there, and it's eternal. That's why it's so. There's no beginning or end. Things. It's always been here, and it's here right now. That's why it's so intimate. Doing its thing, and it's not all bad either. The beginning doesn't have this shape that we can comprehend. Beginning. 
it was beyond it's like beyond the beyond would maybe be a better name for it than the beginning does Mayher Baba talk about a beginning yeah but he doesn't word it like that he words it like the beyond the beyond he wrote it all up into a Hollywood It doesn't script. sound like much of a beginning. Maribaba <laughs> wrote up the entire formation of the universe and made a Hollywood script and brought it to Hollywood. There you go. It's dope. Now you're talking. It's dope. And it starts with gases. The whole formation yeah. is gases, nebulous gases. And from those gases, they eventually take form and start circling around and creating matter. He was turning it into some kind of way out work of art. What, a film or something? Mm -hmm. There you go. There. Once it becomes matter, it eventually, the first human actors on the scene are cannibals. It's four people, and they're cannibalizing each other. They still are. That's the next scene, is it moves to modern day, and they're making love with each other. It's like Charlton Heston cannibalizes John Cassavetes in Two Minute Warning. <laughs> <laughs> Psychologically, man. <laughs> Emotionally. <laughs> it's, it's really good. All right. What I was trying to say about simulation theory is there's this idea that we're living within a movie at this point and it's kind of freaky and it's like, oh no, what if you we're did, in the You dig on that simulation theory? I, I don't. Okay. What I'm saying is I realize that we are actually in it right now and that what we're in is our cells are the real deal. Our mitochondria is the real deal. Our cells have been existing on the planet for billions of years. Way before yeah. humans. Yeah, you remind me a lot of Cassavetes. <laughs> I think you'd really dig We're it. We're just really some top-layer replica mumbo-jumbo bullshit on the film, on the surface level, of the real deal. And that, the real deal, is the exchange going on between ourselves. We are in the simulation. We are the top-level bullshit to the actual action. And that's... Cells sending energy back and forth. Smothered in the five mumbo-jumbo mother sauces. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to. I told you before, truth is not desirable to view in all of its naked deformity. Yet we're so curious. Because it's too sure. real. We want to peek around the corner. That's, That's what, what art's I'm... for. Yeah. Movies, music, whatever. Right? It's to get a glimmer of it. A distillery of it to take the condensation and move it into. You say that, and maybe I'm just apart. bullshitting, but I swear I can sense in you you're yearning for it because it's great. It's great stuff and cold and hard and great. It's, Plus, it's, it's not sad. It's the utter sadness, but it's also joy. Yeah, but guess what else? Do not deny that it is bliss along. Yeah, with because misery. it's essentially non-violent. Yeah. Art and war are virtually diametrically opposed. The snake eating its own tail is nonviolent? No, that's that would be plenty violent. Yeah. That's what we're trying to avoid, confronting for head on. Is that why we're in the simulation rather that's why than we in have the mitochondria? To what? Uh, riffing on what Jedediah is saying, that we're living at this sort of top tier level looking down on it, which is why it seems a bit separate most of the time. Up, we're down. Not, we're not living with the fullness of the truth most of the time. Look, that gets back to the whole thing. Is is there a... Whether it's up or down that we're looking at it from, I don't know. But my point is that we're looking at this abstracted state from this singular mind idea when really we're thousands and thousands and thousands of cells and way beyond our body, too. 
But he's trying to make art with that now, too. He's Who trying is? to make art, not war. Who is? You are. Well, yeah, that's my theory. Make art, not war. Make love, not war. Same idea, I'm sure. Sounds all right, why not? Let's give it a try. Let's give it a try. We don't want violence, give peace bloodshed, a heartbreak, tragedy. Let's try and make it less bad. Even just to make it a little less bad. I mean, there's a big difference between between stubbing your toe on a piece of furniture and putting your hand on a hot iron. Are you one of those vegan people? Are you one of those people who hears the blast grades screaming, the, I, the blades of grass screaming when you make wheatgrass juice? I might be. why great artists are so valuable and so important. Like John Cassavetes and Charlton Heston. These are real acting artists, man, at work. And the, the ladies, value, too. The value in them being able to show other people what's there? It's magical. I don't know how they do it. Have you heard of InfoWars? Oh, yeah, man. I'm a diehard InfoWars die nut. You are? Oh, yeah. He's so... Intense. How have we not touched so on emotional. this? So emotional. What's that guy's name again? <laughs> Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Oh yeah. I yeah, was, yeah, that's like a steak dinner, man. I just yeah. want to point out that the love that you have for Charleston Heston and these other people that you've shown this great, like, humble respect for, the artists that you see as geniuses, not dumbing the word down because there's too many of them out there, but the rare, the pure artist. Well, there's little or the nothing. The love that you have for them, I wish I had. There's little or nothing of the artist in Alex Jones. But uh, he almost becomes a living work of art in and of himself. He's such a, a life artist. bundle of emotions. He's like a tortured bundle of human... He's just right in the middle of it. How can you resist something like that? Do you believe that he's telling the truth? I think a lot of what he's saying is absolutely right on. I doubt that he's pinpoint precise about everything. Mm -hmm. But I think he's very good at that. What's the latest thing? What's what's happening right now? Is it true that the that Biden's making some kind of propaganda machine? Yeah, and that's that's all politics. I don't mean to bring politics into it. Art is bigger than politics. Yeah. And they don't really mix. Mm. Very well. Ooh. Is one more powerful than the other? Well, obviously, art is more powerful than politics. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Check the time one more time. Is it true? I'm not checking the time, really. I'm just observing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Observing time. I think that's part of your life art. You were doing that for show for us to see. No, no, I was time to check the time. No, I do it all the time, the even when I'm by myself. Yeah, because it's so strange. The, the time phenomenon. Time you, is art. You, time is art. Time is part of my art and my own inner art experience. Oh. It colors the mood. It's part of the rhythm. 
colors the the mood. Your time colors the mood? I check the time. I see the numbers. It has a resonance. Uh, one, I thought you one, said it colors the moon. <laughs> it colors the moon. Like a pale yellow sign. Like a rainbow yin-yang sign. Like a multicolored yin-yang symbol. Also three-dimensional. Oh, that would be nice to see. A three-dimensional a multicolored, multicolored yin-yang. Yin Hit me with that. Whoa. I don't know. A rainbow yin-yang. That's not easy that to picture. That takes more than two dimensions. I don't know. He's making a 3D version of it, too. Yeah, it's got to be 7D. It's your favorite foreign movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When the shutter falls, mm. you see it all in 3D. Mm. It's your favorite foreign movie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that ring a bell? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's before you guys' time. Mm. It's Steely Dan. Steely it's called Dan. Pig. That's the one you gotta hear, Pig by Steely Dan. Pull down Pig. It's a good... You pull it down? Pig. Steely Dan Pig. I love this term, pull It's it your down. favorite foreign movie. Those guys were top-notch musicians. They performed no live concerts. Everything they did was studio work. Hmm. It's like this podcast, just only studio. <laughs> and yet, totally live. Yeah, totally live. Mm-hmm. Alright, we're wrapping up, guys. Yeah, we should wrap it. Wrap it up with Pig, because it's going to tell you all about Peg how you see it all. P-E-G. Pig. Steely Dan. That was one of the questions for the astrologer. Was what is the peg that the universe runs on? They're going to let you know. Like, what are the balancing points? It's your favorite foreign movie. You see it all in 3D. That was what the astrologer did, is they could take a weather of the of the Earth, because they had a sense of the epochs of time shifting. They had a sense of, of tides going beyond the ocean, but to be time tides, galactic tides. They yeah, had all not, these different yeah sure, but... But they're not so out of touch that they're not into the into a chick. And these guys put it all together. Steely Dan. He tied it all together in this one two and a half minute song. John, I actually have a Shh. a poem for you to read. Do you? Yeah. Crank it up. The universe is noise, but as you go towards God, it becomes music. This is a poem you wrote about the formation of picture. music. Oh, right? Yeah. Should we hit that one? Hit it. It might mix in with Over this. this? If it mixes, I think you can do it. Do your thing. Let's all Make get it in. free and loose. Let's all get in. Mm. This is the MP3. From this algorithm for compression of sound waves, they precipitated very subtly all the music that would be heard, like it was gently trickling or wafting down from the high ethers, gradually creating a residue in our subconscious, the sound of the compression algorithm slowly getting into our consensus ear. The effect was almost... <laughs> the effect was almost like going backwards. 
come back to you. Yeah. And it created a reverse sort of false. You see it all. A reverse oh, image of the music. Had the time to digest sure, this artificial digital abstraction of compressed time. Temple All the modern popular music we are hearing today is in part a reaction to the very sound of this compression. I've time been dead for three months got squeezed. A linear, non-linear state. Squished by the removal of harmonic information that was considered as noise, but to the informed ear, it leaves a sort of sparkly, high-frequency tinkling. Yeah, get it, Stewie! Our music today has mostly been made in direct response to the noise within our culture. From the machine... Give me a real high five. Don't do it! Yeah. <laughs> I want that closed loop. I don't know if I can do this. You're doing This is a long poem. It's happening. From the machines and nearly continuous explosions, FM radio frequencies, fans and whirs, winds and whooshes, noises both big and small, from airplanes to the nearly static noise of the noise removal compression algorithm itself. You've heard this. No. I've never heard this before, though. We have made our music of the modern day. It's good on you. Yes. And when you smile for the camera, I know I love you better. One day, the song of our voices in harmony and unity are able to drive out these abstractions and artificial noises like Mm. angels creating the peaceful vibration that is home to this living, thriving planet. Though the music has grown dark, it will continue to flower, turning brightly into colors we have never seen, as true local community quickly turns the tides with love and turns towards ancient and simple ways of survival that require working together. The song will return to the voice of humanity. This is when knowledge dawns on us all in a great wake of compassion, and more people than ever before see the true beauty of this place, closest to Earth's reality. The song will be like a great key that unlocks endless and honest sharing of the heart. You just smothered the song in bombast. Absolute pure bombast. Much stronger than the mind. <clears throat> which has been satisfied by, by the removal of all that Beta. was artificial. Anymore. I can't the breathe. The sound space that has been left with the removal of the MP3 dither and Ford F-150 blast, the power drills, will be filled in by the crackling of a wooden fire. This is the prophecy. The bird song, coyote. The, the prophecy is of the sound. name of the poem? And occasional... The prophecy of sound waves. Bear Is that gurgling. the title of the poem? And most always by the music of human intonations. Mm. Look, I just vocalizations (laughs) free from abstraction and warbling in true beauty by the light pounding of stones by hand. That needs some bongos. The machine will be gone, and peace will reign supreme for another countless age. Music manifests reality. And when we have a pure sound, the world will become clean and prosperous for all, instead of just a few. 
I use that word just. Music manifests. Conversations will be mostly gone. What a buzzkill. We all know what to do by a glance. What need is there to interrupt the erupting sound of nature? Flow with the song and you will not have much to say before long. Who wrote that? I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I really hate it. I didn't like it either. I sent it to him. I kind of sent it saying, by the way, this is not a good poem. Isn't that pretty much what I said in the text message? First of all, it's it? too long. Yeah, you did. Long poems are no good. Long poems are the best. You get lost in it and forget you're listening to a poem. You need enough it's time and space really in a poem, poem. to It's lose just preaching bullshit. Nobody's going to read that through that stuff. Maybe it's one coming of us. off like it's truth, but it's not really that true, and that's what makes it not good. It's a prophecy of sound. It's a it's a poem that takes the sound that we hear in the world can I, and moves can I try it to explain yeah. for a minute. That's what I want you to do exactly the whole time. That's what I want you to do. I want you to try and explain what you're Plus you use MP3. the word MP3. That's the best part of the poem. What I'm trying to describe is that if you are the type of person who can hear that it is an MP3 and that it's not like a higher quality sound file, there's this digital noise that's over the whole track, over every single track, and it's the same goddamn noise over every single song that's ever been encoded to MP3. And what's happened now in the modern world with all this trap music and dubstep and where the EDM is going is it's a response to that MP3 dither to try to make it sound good when it gets compressed. Whoa, a You're making it sound good. <laughs> it's talk better when it comes live, right? <laughs> That's what happened. We all got so used to the sound of the MP3 that it penetrated all of culture because music is creating our whole culture. And when they dumbed it down in the compression of MP3s, something sick happened, and it happens in reverse time. So that's why we're living in the machine age. Because of the MP3 that's drone a, sound? That's a core part, man. Music is core to consciousness. Music is core to the creative process of emanating reality. And now that we're all emanating MP3s, maybe it is a simulation now. I don't know. Well, of course there's simulations all over the place now. Save me from myself. Artificial Professor. simulations? Mm. That might be good for That's if you wanted it. Yourself. Of course. <laughs> of course. Those yeah. new of modern love doll models sound all right. What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of those Chinese love doll models sound all right. Uh, mm. I thought that's what you said. Right? Now we're getting I don't know anything about it. <laughs> now we got to read Vert. <laughs> I'm out of touch. Now it's time to read some Vert. <laughs> now we're talking... Um, did Vert go over the edge? Now we're back to Neuromancer. It was on the edge the whole time. Did Bert it finally go over? Edge. It finally went over. What went over? Vert. Who or what is Vert? Vert is a book that was sitting on the edge of that the whole conversation without going over, but finally it did when we started talking about the Chinese sex dolls. Wow, they really went over the edge. Vert? Check it. V-U-R-T. By Jeff Noon. What's the publication date? 93? It's not very good. Surreal. But it was good enough to suck me in and make me want to read the whole thing. 
What are we talking about in this podcast? That's the definition of great writing. Yeah, I know, right? Four sucks you in from square one. <laughs> it's just like... I don't know. I had my number. Personally, I don't read anything that was written past the year 1963. Flesh techniques. 30 years earlier. We had to drag the thing from outer space out of the van. His fat sack of a body clinging to a tartan rug glued by the juices. That's great. That'll suck you in. You'll open the van. <laughs> I can't doors. read it though. <laughs> Come on, lazy fucks, he shouted, reaching to the back to gather the dropped feathers from the van floor. One of them, the black, he slipped into his bassy box. I feel like tripping out somewhere. He was walking fast towards the house. Are you in? The door cam reacted to the Beatles image in a loving way. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, sure, why not? Sounds all right. I just can't read it. Don't read it. I, I can't read it. stuff that's written in the last few decades. This option I have to go way back to, to build it. It seems like you connect a lot theaters. with a certain police era. Absolutely. Art. There's a certain Blue. era. Oh, life. yeah, for Pink, sure. Silver, life, yeah. hat, yellow, What happened to it? Horbart. Why did it, it evaporated. Get because of the MP3 compression that was soon to come. Yeah, what happened to the art? Was it the MP3 compression? Did the artists Technology is cold, essentially, fundamentally, inherently cold. The cold it's the exact opposite of the effect art is supposed to have. So when they started writing on the computer... Oh, that was a... When they started composing digital music... Yeah, it's just substandard. It's an inferior medium. A very substandard medium. Difficult to capture the warmth. But you might be able to transcend it somehow. I mean, you could... You could theoretically create great art on a computer. Sure. You could do it. It could be done. I'm sure. We've done it. You guys are powerful. You get a lot of knowledge. You pull a lot of stuff down. I really feel privileged to be here. Thank you so much for I having me. I feel privileged to yeah. have your company on this porch. This is great. You probably won't see me except everyone's in a blue moon. I'm basically a hermit. I spend most of my time in complete solitude. You're elusive. You remind me, you talking about a guy, an actor that, that, that I remind you of. You remind me a lot of a guy that I knew in Santa Cruz named Blue. I don't know what his last name was, but he was a saxophonist in the in the John Coltrane Church. He was. A oh, I heard of the John. He Coltrane was a deacon Church. at the John Coltrane. I heard Church. about that. There's legends of Blue blowing his sax so hard at the John Coltrane Church that he just done passed out right there on the floor, face flat at the end of his solo. Holy shit! That's taking it to the limit. And beyond. I remember doing some duets with Blue on my prepared piano that I wish were recorded because that was some of the best music I ever made and I did not get a recording of it. Yeah. Prepared piano? Yeah. How many different ways are there to prepare a piano? An infinite number of you ways. Too many? <clears throat> All kinds of things. Yeah. What do you do? Things on the strings? Yeah. Change the tuning of the... You can take any objects you can possibly imagine that fit inside of a piano and stick them in there in many different ways. 
and get all kinds of new sounds that nobody's ever heard before. Just don't turn into a Vladimir Horowitz. Don't let that happen to you. Who's that? Vladimir? Vladimir Horowitz. Just pull him down and look at his face. You don't want to be him? He's the son of Satan. Oh, God. Go ahead. Take a look. I don't know if I want to. Pull him down. I don't want to see Pull him down right now. Or his son. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of Horowitz? That's that's okay. You don't need him. Vladimir Horowitz. Classical pianist. He looks pretty sweet, man. Let me see. Come on. That man is the son of Satan. <laughs> He's a looking guy. Yeah, ready to see it. He's got a little bit cross-eyed. Huh. There's much more sinister photographs of him. He doesn't, Pull down a few more. he doesn't look that sincere to me somehow. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Son of the devil right there. That one's, that one's kind of there. Oh, uh-huh. In his early days, he became, he looked more and more sinister as he got older. Sinister really crosses over to being sincere and tender. Because he's almost just very receptive. He looks fine in this photograph. There's like nothing, he, there's nothing like, wrong with he look. That's not the one? He's very young in that photograph. He got famous young. He's considered to be the greatest concert pianist of all time by a lot of people. Hmm. But he plays... The sounds that he gets out of a piano sound like he, he made a deal with the devil or something. Mm. Did you make a deal with the it's devil? It's like Bob ever? Dylan made a deal with the devil. Did you know that? Bob Dylan did not he make a deal that with that. And he admits it himself in his, in his memoirs. No, he doesn't. He did. He went down to the crossroads before he got famous. He did. Bob Dylan sold out? Joan Baez got famous before he did. Bob Dylan was discovered by Joan Baez. Okay? And that's when he, somewhere around that time, he took his trip down to the crossroads. Right? You know about that, right? What crossroads? Uh (laughs) I've said something wrong. Oh, don't worry about it. It's all right. It's okay. You don't need it. It's all right. I don't know if I want it, if it's where you make devil deals. That's where you make devil deals. Okay. Are there multiple crossroads or just the one? There's the famous one. It's down south somewhere. I forget exactly where. That's good. A lot of famous, a lot of heavy hitters and blues singers talk about it sometimes. You got the two roads? You got their names? No, I wasn't paying that much attention. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was the truth I you heard an interview remember. on the radio a few interviews different people talking about it huh. why would you do that though like you can just get there the way Sean did by playing a period piano but with lots can't. of practice Sean did he said twice I haven't gotten anywhere. in this conversation he did it once in Nepal and he did it once with this guy Blue hmm. where he got to the place where he was it he was beyond musical. He had transcended and was just complete receptive flow to what was happening. And wound up being satanic as hell. It wound up being angelic. I think that's what it is. Who are you talking about? Sean in his musical stories. You? Is he talking about you? Nah, you didn't. It depends on what you're looking for because I think what Bob Dylan was, what, what, what was his deal? What did he sell out? He said he made a deal with the man who runs this world. That's God. No, no, that's the devil. Believe me. 
That's the devil. God now gives. Now I'm getting to some God, truth I don't want to see. God gives the devil a lot of leeway. You get that lean. Because we're in the Mahapralaya. <laughs> Give him some hip. We're in the time when Shiva lies down underneath Kali. Yeah, yeah, stuff order, like that. In order to exert his dominance, there you he go. lies yeah. down still and lets Kali walk on him. That, yeah, stuff like that. Sure. That's what it is. I like that you agree. <laughs> but I like it. I mean, it's My all point very... is that the devil has to be allowed to run rampant for a while before God comes in and says, flicks him off like a little tiny bug. Why does it have to be like that? Why can't we be... Maybe it doesn't end up like that. I'm not sure. But my feeling is that this world is pretty upside down right now and it's going to turn around at some point soon. According to various different scriptures, it's always been upside down in this world. At least for a long time. Yeah. Turtles all the way down. I don't know, but... 7,000 years, ring a bell? Oh, man. Recorded history is only about that long. That's right. After oh, that, no. you go back into what they call it. Oh, no. What they call antiquity. Things that go back to antiquity that predate recorded history. Mm-hmm. There was a lot going on before recorded history. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But it didn't need to be written down. I don't know. They left their artifacts behind. That's for sure. Some things were there. We have ancient artifacts of things that predate recorded history. How old are the pyramids? Predates recorded history. They don't know. They can't. Different they, people have different guesses about it. They don't know. Some people think maybe 40,000 years. Other know. people think, you know, different things about it. Huh. Hmm. But unlike those. those golden. Pseudo orthodox golden chrome domes on the on the Orthodox Church. <laughs> How do you feel about those pseudo orthodox golden chrome domes? <laughs> I was stoked when they got those. I looked over I was, from I was, I was having like a cosmic, I was having a cosmic hit the other day where there didn't it used to just be like two or three of those golden domes that were in uh, Ben Lomond. Yeah, and now there's like. What is it, five of them that are way out, way more out in the open? Yeah, I think there's five. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they went hard. They're like... They're moving towards the mainstream, those gold domes. They're coming out into the center light. They're flexing. That's the point of a gold dome. You got to let people know where it's at. They were way hidden under the trees and behind the trees before. They did have that pretty, like, gnarly mural on the side of the wall. Oh, yeah. Jesus, like, hunting deer. Somebody out in the forest just, like, holding his hands up to the light. Oh, that's right. It was him having a revelation yeah. in the forest, like... Admiring the graven... Admiring the... It's the opposite of the crossroads, is where you are witness to the light. The Abbott Thrift Store is somehow connected to this church, right? And I can say firsthand that there is a lot of magic going on in that Abbott thrift store. You sense magic in the thrift store? There's totally magic in the thrift store. You going to that thrift store? I've been in there. There's a lot of good things in there. Yeah, you'll yeah. Find, you'll find what you need at the Abbott's thrift store, right next to the, the quintuple gold dome. But those pseudo-quasi-golden chrome domes are questionable. I don't, I don't know anything about the church, or? but... Is it fake phony gold? <clears throat> it's almost certainly fake phony gold. You figure? 
Yeah. I thought they might have actually shelled out and have it had those things gold plated for real. <laughs> they I mean, mean they've got a lot of money for sure. You got thrift store. The Orthodox money. Church has a lot of money. Yeah. They could put real gold plating on those golden chrome domes. It's probably a bit. And you it wouldn't be pseudo quasi anymore. You heard about the Matramandir? No, never heard of it. The Matramandir is this sort of golden golf ball in the middle of Oroville in India. And it is real gold, but they did some kind of technique to make it like hyper thin, super ultra stretched out, so they didn't actually need that much gold to cover a massive surface area. Ooh. Something like that, yeah. yeah. But modern technology can probably work the same wonders for those golden chrome domes. It's meant to be viewed from a distance. I thought it was ugly as hell when I first saw those things up close. The church up there. But then I looked at it from a distance and said, well, that's right. It's supposed to be seen from a distance. I couldn't believe it when I first saw it. I was like, wait, have those always been here? No. When did those show up? How did I not notice that before? Yeah, I didn't notice either quite right away, but yeah. they've only been there a few months, I guess. Yeah, yeah. My uncle built that building. Uncle Bob. Hmm. Uncle Bob built the gold dome building. Did he help put the domes on? No, no, he sold it to them. It's, an old, it's an old building. He built it. It's not an old building. No, no, he built it. I remember him building it. But that graven image of the face of Christ is a no-no. You know it is. Which one? That's a no-no. What is a no-no? You've got some more Muslim coming forward. Well, a lot of it is very poetic, you know. It's... What is the graven image of Christ? I saw that one lady admiring the garish graven image of her false messiah. It almost looks like an African-American Jesus. It's the wrong Jesus. <laughs> there's no wrong Jesus. The one what do you there's mean there's no wrong Jesus? The one you can see right from Highway 9, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Those domes look good from a distance. I think that's the way they're meant to be looked at. Looks all right. Up close, it doesn't look that good. <laughs> what do you mean but that garish graven image of, uh, of Jesus Christ is an abomination. Why? No question about it. Why? What do you see? Because that's a it's a no no. You're not you're not supposed to draw make it right. You're not supposed to make a graven image of he sheer it. I'm giving you a picture of Baba. Well he's he's the How about that one? It's all about art and the value of art, but you won't draw profits. That's interesting. Well, I don't know if I draw the line right there, I guess you can it's just that they're Messiah. They believe him to be a, a manifestation of the Creator. It's something a little different. I, it just seems like that'd be a great thing to. The scriptures forbid wrong. forbid the believers from making a graven image of God. If they believe Jesus was God, they they know damn well they're not supposed to be making any graven images of him. Yeah. And sure enough, he looks like Bob Dylan more than Jesus Christ. <laughs> Isn't that funny that they're like? <laughs> don't worship false idols, but then they're building all these statues of Jesus. I mean, that's yeah, the sounds pretty. though. It's art. It's technology. It gives you something to view, to have a grasp of. That's true. Why is this thrift store magical? It's magical because you find the most random things that you need in there. It's You're talking great... about the Abbott store, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's have you ever been in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's quite a place. That's quite a place. It does give you what you want. There's a lot of heart going into that place. 
it's like a throughway of the valley. You can yeah. find all kinds of stuff it's, in there. It's, it's, Hidden it's, away. It's, Secret stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Old stuff. A lot of really old stuff in there. When you get in there, take a hard right first thing you do and go to that corner. Very front right corner of the store. That's the best stuff. Yeah. That's where they got the typewriters. That's where they got the phonographs. They'll have an electric guitar. You're hitting on the technology. That's where they've got all of the like international stuff. They've got the like African shakers and the like Vietnamese flutes over there. All kinds of crazy stuff. All throughout the whole store, really. Mm -hmm. You like silverware? Yeah, through the whole store. You yeah. Like old knives and forks that go back 150 years? You like old pressure cookers? No. I, I, I don't know. I, you like pots specifically made for popping popcorn? Oh, yeah. I like their clothes. Depends on how old they are and what they look like. Oh, 50s. Yeah. You know I do. Yeah. Because you can tune in. I'm not going to collect this stuff personally. I don't need a bunch of stuff, you know, but, I, but you can tune into it. That's what it's all made of, though, is the stuff. Yeah, but I don't need a bunch of stuff where I live, man. Okay, Professor. Stop me when this gets to be bombast. Oh, priceless treasure of knowledge. You are within and without. You are the ocean of mercy. You are in all the worlds. You are the ocean of attributes. O oh, Mayher, God incarnate, you alone exist. You are Yezdan, you are Izad, you are Allah and Ishwar. Jesus Christ. You are Ram and you are Buddha. You are the beloved Lord Krishna. Who Forget with about one it. Finger lifted Please. The you alone exist. It's no good. You alone exist. It's no good. What have you got there? What is this? This is Bal Kalchuri. It's no good. Let him be the judge who will cast the first stone. <laughs> I realized last time I need to take a photo of the books that are read so I can do credit. Oh. Often. It falls into the category of New Age crap. I hate to say it. <laughs> I hate to say it. Light on Water by Phyllis Frederick. You already know Bao Kalchuri, yeah? Yeah, but I'll forget Bao Kalchuri. We only got, we only got to read the world like, slept. Speaking of long poems, that's a long poem. I was you guys are feeding it. Well, you're, started, look, you're feeding yourself with you some questionable material. Uh, I don't know. This lady's good, that lady poet. She's yeah, top-notch. like Phyllis Frederick. Top-notch. So this was the one, huh? No, this is Davis Taylor. We only got a little bit of that one, too. Who was the lady? Phyllis. Oh, Light on Running Water, yeah. Collected Poems by Phyllis Frederick. Okay, where's your picture? Let me see her. Where is she? Over here somewhere? Did you have a picture of her? Somewhere? Standing with Mayor Baba or something? I want to see She's there in the beginning, yeah. Her photograph? I think so. Oh, okay. That's her, huh? I think so. She looks a little square. But I, guess, but I guess she wasn't. I guess not, because this is like, this is top-notch poetry. It's really great. I'm, I'm, one more of these. I'm getting cold. Yeah, I'm getting cold. Okay, okay. Run, run, slip over the shining line. Take a Dance picture. To death. Dance to warm, breathing death, as if to inner sun. Oh, fuck. Oh. Oh. Get a, get a picture of this picture and make that the cover okay. of the episode. 
Either that or make this gentleman cover the episode. Cover the episode? Yeah, the podcast. Oh, with a visual image of some kind? There's one visual image. It's kind of a pastiche. Pastiche. Putting in sounds in in various different elements. You were rebelling against the technology, but you're now part of technology. Would you say you're rebelling against the technology? I didn't say it, he did. That's why I'm asking you. I never said any such thing. So, no. I said technology is cold. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But you also is the truth. Part of the you, can, you can draw your own conclusions mm. about that. Are you rebelling against the truth? Well, you were asking why so much of it, of art seems to have become substandard. Yes. In tone. That's because technology is cold. Yeah. By nature. I feel that. You're about to be warmed up on a podcast. Not to say that you couldn't use it Not to create great art yeah. and start a fire in your heart. <laughs> I think it was George Harrison who walked into a recording session saw that it was a digital recording session and was just like, I'm out of here. Oh, absolutely. It. It's not sure. It. <laughs> All right, listeners, we'll be back in June, June, Sundays in June with more of the professor, Dr. Professor. Anybody really know where they're going to be in the morning? Anybody? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know how I can not guarantee really that. In that state where you're not sure if you're alive anymore. <laughs>